Hey guys, brand new podcast, and check this out. I got nothing to promote. I'm home for two months. Red Rocks, September 13th. <laughs> I'm at Red Rocks. I, I haven't announced. I got a list of tour dates that I haven't announced for uh, September, October, November, and December. Uh, so I'll announce those soon, probably in a couple weeks to be more exact. But uh, for the most part, enjoy today's podcast. Today's podcast is with Jelly Roll. If you don't know who Jelly Roll is, I swear to God, you have your head under a rock. He is one one of the one of the biggest artists coming out of Nashville at this time. You may have first of I mean I've known of Jelly Roll for a while. I've been a fan of his for a while. Um, he had a big splash. We talk about this on the podcast. He did a song opener up with Andrew Schultz that went fucking viral. That was a huge hit. He was did Kimmel last night. He is fucking awesome. He's got a hip hop album coming out. He does country music. He's tatted. His wife's a badass. Her name's Bunny. She's got a huge YouTube presence. He's he's amazing. We talk about podcasting a lot because we're both fans of the podcast. He's also a big partier. That is where we are brothers in, in spirit, and we will always will be. We had so much fun. We didn't drink. He talked about doing Kimmel last night. He talked about partying last night. We almost edited it out. Then we kept it in. This is a fun podcast. It's two plus hours. It's I think it's two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, and we talk about comedy. We talk about songwriting. We talk about joke writing. We talk, we talk about him going to prison when he was 15. We talk about prison. We talk about tattoos. We talk about everything. He's in Red Rocks October 23rd. Not to be overshadowed by me being Red Rocks. September. He's in Red Rocks October 23rd. The Bridgestone Arena. December 9th, you can go to his website, jellyroll615.com, and uh, and I look, I, I don't need to say much more. You're going to absolutely love him. My brother in spirit, in party, in art, in size, Jelly Roll. This is... So now that I'm sitting in this chair, it makes me wonder how big Stavros actually is. Right? <laughs> he just quit Comptown. He quit right? his podcast. Really? Yeah. It's crazy, man. I'm such a fan of his. Dude, me too. And and I by watched... the way, I'm such a fan of Comptown. <laughs> Have you ever listened to Comptown? Yeah. Dude, I uh, I literally, the, those guys make me giggle so fucking hard. Yeah. And he just put up a big thing. He's like, I'm out. I quit. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I got so fucking bummed. Yeah. But, you know, I think he's torn ridiculous. Right. It's hard to juggle everything. I'm, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm, I listen, I've listened to you on a lot of podcasts. You're, you're, I feel like, I feel like uh, we have a similar energy. Right. I know that we've, I've been told. I have, I've been told that I remind people of you. And vice versa, by yeah. the way. Yeah, every comedy club I've ever walked into in America, when I'm in a green room at some point, they're like, have you fucking met Bird? I was like, he's my favorite comedian. I'd fucking love to. There was, I heard someone told me, I, I came out with, you know, by shots for everyone. We're doing yeah. Oh, yeah. Fully Loaded last week, and, and, I, and I, we get done Lawrenceville. We're up in the skybox. And yep. So I just empty out a bottle. I just empty out a bottle full of shots, for sure. right? It's like, well, fuck it. We're not going to sit on this bottle. 100%. Empty it out, start calling everyone in for shots, and Dorfman, uh, Brian Dorfman goes, yep. fucking you and Jelly Roll. 
shot? Did he take a shot with you? Of course he did. We're like yeah, the only yeah, two yeah. people he'll take shots with. He, at yeah. least that's his sales pitch to me. He, He's like, fucking you and Bert, that's it. I'm only drinking beer unless it's you or Bert. But I'm curious. I want to, I, I, like, I feel like I know everything about you. I, I feel like I know a lot about you without knowing enough. Right. Because I, I started, fo- I, I'm trying to remember when I started following you. See, I was into that whole, oh, thank you. I was into that whole, um, I've, I've always been into uh, hip hop. I know you're kind of venturing away from hip hop. I know that when you started, you had a little more hip hop oh, yeah. influence. I still, I still got a hip hop album coming out this year. Oh, do you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love what you do in, in, mm-hmm. uh, across all, all, plaf- all platforms of music. But I'm curious, like, I'm curious about your actual come up. I, I know Felony at 15. I know, <laughs> like, I, but the, and I want to touch on all of this. This is wild to me, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, this dude, I, cool. I'm a fan. I'm a yeah, fan. Dope. Thank you. And uh, it's look, dude. Enough people tell you you look like someone. You start looking in the mirror, yeah. going, <laughs> "God, I got to yeah. slow down." Because well, you, you're like me. Uh, we both go to a cardiologist. Yep. We both make sure we get we can afford to live the lifestyle we want to live. Yes, sir. Because we, and I think that both of us, our lifestyles are made to be more than they are, and we don't say a word exactly because. It, it's not bad for business. Yeah, for but sure. People think I wake up and start drinking immediately. My Literally. friends, my friends think when we did sober October, <laughs> Rogan asked me. He goes, "Is this going to be? Can you stop drinking yeah, for?" A I day? remember that he was like, "Are you going to have?" They thought you were going to have to like go to rehab or something to get sober for thirty days. And I remember thinking, "What am I putting out there that they right. don't that they don't know that I can just?" I, I didn't drink last night. No yeah. shakes, no sweats. Sure. I just yeah. went to bed. That's it. Just normal night. Yeah, just normal. I mean, took a slither of a Xanax if I couldn't sleep, but that bothered There's nobody. nothing wrong with a I quarter of a milligram. That. A That's quarter it. of a milligram. A lick. My wife calls it a lick. Just lick the Xanax one time. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll empty them and all the broken ones, I'll play That's rusty it. roulette and see yes. if it adds up to a milligram. Yeah, That's, it. Oh, That's it. That'll do it. Um, <laughs> I love when my wife goes, you need to take a Xanax. Yeah. I, I said to my, obviously I had this, oral surgery yesterday that was a fucking nightmare <laughs> oh god what would you dealing with that on fully loaded oh yeah god it's so i was dealing with it i was dealing with it on birdie boy relapse i woke up one morning and my my jaws just like shooting down my jaw and i'm like fuck and i go and as a in, big guy your first thing you think when something shoots down the jaw is like stroke, oh, this is it it's stroke. happening it's here <laughs> i wake up every morning and i do this just to make sure i'm not having a stroke <laughs> I'll send you, I'm going to show you the picture of what I sent my parents. So I, I wake up. I think I can do it this way. I wake up and I look in my mouth and I see, hopefully it's coming up soon. I see this and I go, fuck, I need to, I need to go see a dentist. Like it's not on here. It is a hole the size of a pea in my back tooth and it's black. Oh, and, and I knew, so I had had, I'd had teeth problems right before, uh, during the pandemic. And I knew that was there, but it didn't bother me. And then one day it started bothering me and I was like, fuck. And, and then one day on tour, it started bothering me. And so I went in, this is like the worst case scenario. I'm always afraid of the cardiologist or a doctor giving me bad news. I go in and they're like, uh, so you can't, we can't save the tooth. And I hate to say this, but we're gonna have to break your jaw. What? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, we're going to have to break your jaw and we're going to have to give you a brand new set of teeth, most of which will be implants from your wisdom. We're, we're just going to pull all your wisdom teeth and then we're going to give you implants from your back, sec, second to back molars 
up into your like nines or nine to seven, whatever numbers they said, like these two. And we're just going to give you all new teeth, but you're going to be without teeth for a long time, a few, like eight months. And I went, I mean, it just was so, it was, and so that's what they told me during Birdie where we left. So I just said, not, I didn't just say second opinion. I went, let's just see what happens. Do I die first or do I have to get this surgery? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever felt that way. No, you're like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I got, I go in yesterday. I, I lost a veneer on fully loaded right here. Ugh. And I said, I don't know. Uh, I got to go get that fixed. So I just go in and the guy's like, we need to address the thing in the back of your mouth. Is that hurting? I just been using a water pick and then filling it with hydrogen peroxide every day to get rid of whatever. Right. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, I don't think we need it. And he was like, we need to deal with that now. And so I spent from, uh, 10 AM till 6 PM in the dentist chair going to two, a couple different dentists. So he, they just did the best they could. And they got the, they saved one tooth, which they were going to pull immediately Saved that tooth. And now my wisdom tooth, which I don't need, they're going to try to save, and then worst case scenario, get rid of the wisdom tooth. Right. And then the guy literally said, I don't think this is, I don't think we need to break your jaw. Good shit. It was just you a. You still f- had to go get a fucking root canal done right off tour. Oh. And do they fix, they fix the veneer too? No. He goes, we, he goes, that's not our problem right now. He goes, our, <laughs> he goes, our problem is you have a decaying tooth. Do you know what he did? He said to me, he goes, he goes, okay, I don't know the right way to explain this to you, but I want to freak you out. Pretend this window's fire. Yeah. okay this window is your uh pretend this window is fire this is your nerve right we're gonna take your nerve as close to the fire until we feel the fire we may not touch the fire but you may, may feel the heat so no novocaine i'm going to start drilling into your tooth until you feel it what it's like putting your dick in a rouse mouse trap and just going in the dark and going i don't know if it's closed or not i mean i spent i spent an hour of him just drilling and drilling then finally hit the nerve and i went i mean it's just it's when you hit a nerve i go and oh, i was like okay instant, we found it yeah instant fucking wow are those golds permanent yeah see i might do that this one dude i'm telling you fucking been a pirate my whole life when did you first get gold? fat when? pirate i had a i don't know i've had golds for probably fuck 18 years really when did you make when did you make i'm always curious about face tattoos and like because i want the state of florida i always want the state of florida right here <laughs> that was what i wanted that to be my very first one <laughs> way to fucking go dude yeah if you're gonna do it just throw it all out just there. go right here yeah. state of florida that's what i tell my rock and roll friends they'll have their hands and neck done and they're like i'm afraid to hit my face i'm like you're fucked you know what i'm saying like as soon as you hit your knuckles and neck you're fucked dude you, yeah i'd have started with the face if i was you you know yeah. just worked my way down i was gonna do that i was gonna do that to I was going to do that to, to promote a tour. <laughs> so I was like, I'd like it. I'd like it. I think it would be cool looking. Right. I think it would be subtle. And it would, it would, and I, if I get anything on my chest because I perform shirtless, right. it may be distracting. Right, right. So I didn't, so, but I, I my wife killed it, that one. I think my first one. I don't do that probably in like 16 or 17 or 18, maybe. So went I was to, in you jail. Went, you went to jail and yeah, that's I was in got jail the first one? and they were, they were in there doing pick and pokes or they had made guns out of like CD players yeah. where you could like fast forward cassettes and they turn that the engine, the motor from that into the tattoo gun and they'd take a guitar string, which is so dope. You got a bunch of guitars in here. Yeah. When I first seen you play the guitar, it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I thought it was like a prop. And then I was like, no, he can actually play the goddamn guitar. Well, you know who I'm friends with lives in Nashville? It's Scott Stapp. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's yeah. I got to hook you guys up. 
please. Yeah, I would Fuck definitely that's, that's love a, to hook you guys up. That's one person in Nashville that I want to be friends with that I'm not. He's the sweetest guy in the yeah. world. He is God. the sweetest guy in the world. Did he come to your, the Opry show? No, he was out of town. He yeah. was out of town. I texted him. I always text people day of. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, I should have. He came out. He came out to uh, a show I did at Zany's. Oh, God, and I opened up awesome. with singing all of Hire. Really, Hire is one of my favorite songs. Oh my in the God! World. You came out with the guitar and sung it. No, 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 just acapella. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, they, they yeah. just played it. and You sung it with it. Yeah. No, it's fucking wild. But yeah, they would take a guitar string and windle it down. If you take the the center of that's a needle at core, right? When you unravel the guitar string. So yeah, we were just all in there getting tatted up. So I was like, fuck it, you know. I've been a felon since I was fifteen. Super that wasn't your first. Story. That wasn't your first running with the law, though, right? Mm -mm. No, but it was the one that got me charged as an adult. So I kind of like felt like it. I was. I felt hopeless from early, anyway. So, but this was like, like the funniest shit on earth. Now is people are like, I just seen it on like the Kimmel comments, you know, because people are getting introduced to me. And they're like, oh, fucking Post Malone's fat uncle, and I'm like, I had face tattoos when Post Malone was shitting green, <laughs> like literally, Post Malone was fresh off a nipple. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. fucking in prison with face tattoos, you know? What? I have a friend, uh, Joey Diaz. Big Post Malone fan, by the I'm way. About, yeah, yeah, by the way, sure. I, I, I'm a huge Post Malone fan. Yeah. Huge Post Malone fan. And uh, and I I saw him just sing, playing a concert the other day, yeah. and I was like, you know, he's done something kind of a, with androgyny that I find very cool. Right. Where he's he has kind of been... Look, I'm, I don't ever speak politics. I don't know anything about politics. I, I don't know anything... I want everyone to be happy. That's my politics. Right, right. Um, I think I'm probably like you, very, very, very uh, socially liberal. Right, for uh, sure. And then, and that's all where it ends. I don't really know anything about the other stuff. Yeah, for sure. But um, he's done what he's done with 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 the way he dresses, behaves, and acts, and and how he's allowed his personality to kind of um blo blossom a little bit. Yes, has been very, very fucking cool. It's so cool to watch him. Go I love watching artists grow in front of you. It's yeah. like one of my favorite things, right? So it's like to watch him go from being the white Iverson kid. Yeah. You know, with like yeah. the crazy tall t shirts yeah, yeah. and the quiet, didn't do no press, didn't like you could tell he was like socially awkward. And then the way he overcame when they started first putting out like them old Bob Dylan covers and him dancing in the skimpy short shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, all that shit. And it was like the way that he kind of just leaned into it, like that's kind of really who I'm really just like a cool fucking goofy kid from Dallas that just loves all kind of music. And just fucking leaned in and figured it out. Do you remember when they shit on him for him saying, he said something like, I'm bigger than hip-hop or I'm different than hip-hop? For like, sure. What, and, and, and It was on The Breakfast Club. It was yeah, really? I, I think it was on The Breakfast Club. Well, I know The Breakfast Club, he had that controversy when Charlemagne first grilled him. He was like, so what are you doing for Black Lives Matter? And it was like early in his post-career. And he was like, uh, so... I had a kid at my show, and he's like, you know how Charlemagne is. Charlemagne is just like blood in the water. Charlemagne is <laughs> such an interesting fucking guy, man. You know, I've watched that Rick Ross uh, uh, put some respect on my name. Oh, yeah, no, the Birdman one. Or, Birdman yeah, Birdman, one. Birdman, I'm sorry. But he goes, he goes, would you say this to Rick Ross or yeah. something? Dude. And he's like, yeah. Dude, it's so... Would said, you, why are you pulling up on the radio guy? You yeah. pull up on the way like that. You uh, look. All respect to Charlemagne, but he's not a gangbanger. And you know, you know, he was must. He's just a regular guy like us. He's just a, he must have been shitting fucking bricks, shitting fucking bricks. Because Birdman is definitely a guy who has no problems throwing hands. <laughs> and you know, the best part was watching 
Envy was like, I, Envy went into <laughs> business mode. Envy is shit, he, by the yes, way. Yes, and he, listen, Envy was the one who looked like he was with it, though. He was like, yeah, cool, let's just get this thing rolling. Let's start yeah. record, record this. He yeah. immediately was like, oh, this is viral clip for sure. Dude, I saw, so I did radio in, in New York, and just, no, no disrespect to anyone else in that building, but, like, it wasn't radio that, like, it was radio that they set up, but it wasn't, like, wasn't the best right, but, right you know it was, right, it, was, right. it was okay it was great right and i had to ask him sometimes i throw xanax in my pill tray with my <laughs> with my, just and it's a treat it's right. like i, I pop up and in i go god damn it that morning i go god damn it, i think i just took a xanax <laughs> and it's usually when it, well, i break are them you, in half are you playing russian roulette with a little pill pack uh, 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 once a week <laughs> once a week i throw them in just to, to i'll catch it usually i'll catch it and i'll go no 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 today's yeah. on a xanax day i'll throw it back in and then i'll throw it back on an empty day right and go sure. i dodged it but that morning i took a xanax we were in soho and i took my my assistant pete said uh said i'm pretty sure radio is about 40 minutes away right and uh not to i probably should not well it doesn't matter doesn't matter you're never gonna find the fucking building right so i go i was like okay so we get up he goes, that's so funny. The map says it's a three-minute walk. And I went, what do you mean? He goes, Sixth Avenue is all the way up there. I go, no, Sixth Avenue goes all the way down the island, Pete. Right. Like, the, everything's on Sixth Avenue. Right. I go, you thought Sixth Avenue was up where fucking Sirius XM is? And he was like, it's not. And I was like, motherfucker. So then all, all of a sudden, I have time for the Xanax to kick in. So now I'm doing, now I'm doing radio. Right. I was the best listener. I literally thought to myself, next time I do Two Bears, One Cave, I'm taking a Xanax. <laughs> because I listened so well. Right. But I go to take a piss. I walk by, I see this big dude with Envy's face on it. Because <laughs> Envy does not look like a big guy. Right, no. He looks like... you only see him sitting. Yeah, he looks he's like... He's buried a, behind the mic. And he's a radio guy, and all radio guys are always tiny. Yeah. They're always way smaller For than sure. when you get there. And I just go, DJ Envy? Yeah. He, I mean, he's like... I'm no joke. Google how tall he is. He's, I think he's 6'4". Like, he's a large fucking man. Yeah. And, and he's in shape. Yeah, oh, for sure. I thought he was overweight. Yeah. I thought he... I thought... He was overweight and he was probably five seven. Yeah, you thought he was kind of short and stubby. And I went polar opposite. Whoa, polar opposite. And then immediately I start scoping around. I go Charlotte because I, I know I know that brand wise it doesn't line up that I'm a huge Charlemagne fan because right. it's like it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like like I'm a f fucking fifty year old man. It doesn't seem like I love hip hop, but I oh, love hip hop. God. I love hip hop. And so I'm seeing five seven, five nine, and five ten. Yeah. He's not. Oh, it's not. Close. He's not. Yeah. He's a taller that's dude. How the internet fucks us. That's a, that Every, internet. They say Joe Rogan's five three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not. Yeah. So no, anyway, he's, he's a big guy. So I did you did you bump into Charlemagne too? I rode. I just walked right in their studio. Oh, walked dude. right in their studio. I went just to give me a heads up. I'm a big fan. Yeah. And my I wanted so badly, I wanted so badly to go. My name's Bert Kreischer. I am. I will give you the best radio interview you've ever had. I know everything about you guys. Yeah. If you have 15 minutes, give me five of them, and I promise you, you'll ask me to stay for another five after the 15. Right. Like, I will deliver. <laughs> I will deliver. I will tell the machine story. I will, you can talk about anything, and I will, I will give you everything you want. And I didn't do it. I just was like, I'm out. I don't want to do it. You should have shot it, dude. Charlemagne's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I'm curious. Like, what? Like, what? What? You 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 first got you got like Juvie Hall stuff, like just going to jail stuff as yeah, a kid. Yeah, just kid. like fucking being a dumbass kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like we're like from like like everybody else I know. We're like from a real middle lower class community, 
So we were just in 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 Nashville. In Nashville, yeah, Antioch is South Nashville. Antioch, yeah, for sure. That's sounds, my, my that's my brother with me. By the way, that's my brother. Antioch and, sounds so redneck. Yeah, for sure, dude. Sounds. It is. It is a white trash bash. You'd love it. You it's fucking, like the last name Crabtree. Like there's yes, certain tons of certain lots of McCoys. That, yeah, for sure. McCoy. Tons of McCoys. Tons of crab trees. Um, fucking, we would like. You would love it. You'd kick your fucking shoes off in the trailer park and have a... you just like... That's you, my you, wife. My wife's... the bell of the ball. My wife's trailer park. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. for sure. She would like... It'd be a pig and shit. Yeah. It is fucking it. So we would just... Neighborhood shit. You know, fights, fucking drugs, guns, shit that happens in those kind of... You know, the kind yeah. of community I'm from. So we just kept like revolving door of the system. So... And then when I got charged with that adult crime, which was a pretty serious crime that was my turning point of being like oh yeah i'm fucked like i'll never get it tennessee has a and you're i'm like 15 16 and tennessee has a zero forgiveness policy for violent offenses so like you can never get them expunged it's like you have to go presidential or governor pardon like there's no expungement there's no i've been a good man for 20 years can we get this off my record it's like you're fucked so knowing that it's 16 which is also why i don't talk politics because i just like like hate our government in general so and and by the way that this is going to sound crazy but the first time i heard you say that i went i wonder if that's how because the only my only takeaway from being on jury duty is how it is a revolving door for young black men Mm. all you see is white people and asian people on the on the jurors that's it in la at least it's white and asian people i mean i'm talking you go into a room. You can say, Bert, you've only done jury duty twice. But I've been in that room, that waiting room. It is just white and Asian people in there. Those are the only people that show up for jury duty. And it is black dudes with a white lawyer. Black yes. dudes with, and they're all young. And you can all see the, you can, I don't know, you ever you ever see posturing of, of fear? Of the, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid look? And you go, well, I think you're doing it too hard. I think yeah. you really are afraid. I think you're petrified. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so that, so that when you first said that, I thought my takeaway is, I bet that's why every black person doesn't want to stand for the national anthem. They're just like, fuck this government. This government set up to. It's been fucking me left and right because I heard you say that. Yeah, and that's kind of it sounds crazy. No, dude, but that was the just... first time I heard. I went. Oh yeah, man! Once you get put in the system, you realize this isn't set up for this me. Is, it, it's it's a it's a system to make corporations rich. They're not trying to rehabilitate people. You know, you ever heard Corey Smith's music? You're from the south. Yeah, you ever, of course, you heard Corey yeah. Smith? That uh, I was mad as hell singing "Fuck the Popo." My favorite line in that song is he says, uh, uh, "If you were trying to, if you was, if you were trying to keep the streets safe, you'd be giving out free breathalyzers in front of the bar." Yeah. You wouldn't be waiting two miles down the street to pull a motherfucker over. You're not trying to keep the streets safe. No, yeah, you know, you're right if you were trying to keep right. the streets safe, this is one bar in this one fucking red light town. You would have three cops out there with breathalyzers, seeing who could and couldn't drive, and ride sharing the other people home. Like, no, you're in just here Florida, to make money. In Florida, <laughs> they go around and they put little green stickers on your on your license plate, and that way they knew they go to a bar, they go to the parking lot put green stickers on every license plate that way if you saw a car with a green sticker you knew. you'd never you'd never know it was on there but they'd know you had been at a bar that is fu- it's entrapment yeah. right it's just like so it's like the system to me was like you're not rehabilitating kids you're just making the corrections corporation of america stock go up by making our tax dollars pay for 500 a day for a dude that got caught with an eight ball of cocaine for the third time in his life to sit there for seven months yeah. you know what i mean 
And once I figured that out, I was like, oh yeah, we're just fucked. This system is just failing us, you know? And it's also ignorance is bliss. Like you said, like, I don't know anything about politics because I'm just so fucking pissed off. And I love when people are like, well, you can't vote, but you can encourage people to vote. I was like, to vote against the same government that took my right to vote? I was like, who the fuck thought that through? You want me to go encourage people to vote for a government that won't let me vote? <laughs> no, dude. It's like you leaving a Yelp review for someone who won't let you do the restaurant. Yeah, for sure. Hey, man, you, you should eat this place and tell me if it's good. Yeah, for sure. They wouldn't let me in because of my dress and tie. Yeah, yeah. But they but look good inside. If they encourage me to tell y'all to have a burger, so let me know if it's as fire as they made it sound. That would be the gangster <laughs> shit is if you walked up and you go and you got turned away from the restaurant as you walked out, they're like, make sure to leave me out for you. No. Yeah, so I'm, I've always been like super against the fucking establishment in general so that also saves me at a time where the world is so politically charged oh. and like every interview is like so you're from the south quite i'm sure you're conservative i was like oh you have no clue who i am do you i'm like oh i'm anti-establishment i am fuck it all i'm a proud american yeah is the flip side of that like you know because i have family that was veterans and family who served in the military and my father was a marine and you know i have all these core values of like look dude I am a fucking obese alcoholic that makes a living writing fucking songs. This country's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could never convince me otherwise. <laughs> You're going to hear that sound bite out of my mouth one day. <laughs> I'm an obese comedian, alcoholic, who gets money for telling dick jokes. <laughs> That's it. I talk about my becker and get paid, dude. Fuck, America's great. What was it? What was it like? What was it really like? Like, I, I, so, like, I got nervous the first time I went to camp, right? How how bad is prison as a kid? Oh, dude, you're petrified. But like, like petrified, and like people can see it. How like, how, what what goes on in your head? Well, you're just scared of the unknown, right? You're not really because here's the fucked up part of being in that circle of life. You walk right in and find comfort because somebody's there, right? Yeah. It's like fucking. A, it's fucked up as it is, like. Day one, when you're coming through the holding tank of juvenile, you just hear people, Jelly, what the fuck? What's up? And you're like, oh, shit, what up, do bug? Fucker, yeah. how long you been in here? He's like, four months. What are you doing? What are you here for? Oh, you know people in yeah, there. Yeah, you immediately know people because back then, Nashville was small. So, you know, even though they might be from the other side of town, you, reputations preceded themselves. Yeah. Or, so it's like that was made it a little easier, but you're just afraid of, like, you hear war stories about other facilities. So you're always afraid of what the next facility is. You never know where you're going. They, another thing is they don't, you know, they, you never get like a warning. They're never like, hey, next Tuesday, you're going to this prison. It's just like in the middle of the night, they're like, hey, pack up, bus is leaving. You're like, what? They're like, yeah, you've been transferred. To where? Oh, you're going to, and then you're, your stomach just drops because you're like, oh, I've heard horror stories about this place. Or You know what I mean? How much, how much does prison live up? Okay, ready? How much... C compare it to you and your reputation right like how, how much you live up to what people expect you to be how much does prison live up to what it expects? it's me and what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast i don't know if we were live then but it's literally our reputation so it's 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 not as bad it's a little bit of urban legend a little bit of urban a little legend. bit of urban legend. i mean here's what i tell people one it's it's horrible in the aspect of like your freedom and civil liberties are taken like that alone is it don't get no worse, right? That's a panic attack. I have a hard time. I have a hard time with call times. Yeah. Like when when I I mean I'm not even joking. When I go on set and they put me in a trailer and they say we'll come get you, 
I, I get anxiety because I get anxiety waiting for someone to knock on the door. So yeah. I'll put signs, please don't knock on my door, just open it. Yeah. I'd rather you open my door than that, no, 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 no. And then for I'm sure. like, motherfucker. Exactly. And, so, and sometimes I'll find myself getting so antsy that I go to set way before my call time, which was fine pre-COVID. Yeah. During COVID, they're like, hey, man, we need to keep you separated. And I'm just like, I... I'm so scared of how much alike we are for real. I'm like that with just shows. Oh, I'm yeah. what they call a venue rat. Like yep. I'm not the dude. Like I get in the venue and I'm like, I'm safe here. This is my spot. I'm yep. going to sit here all day. And they're like, do you know the doors don't open for eight hours? You want to go have lunch? I'm like, nope, I'll send lunch here. Yeah. I'm happy right here in the venue. Uh, I bring my tour bus. I <laughs> yeah, for my tour that's bus. me. I like bus, walking in and venue, out. Yeah. Bus, venue. I want to, I don't want to leave. I'm afraid I'm going to miss something happening at the venue while I'm gone for lunch. Dude, I am so, <laughs> I am such a tour bus venue rat that I cannot like I watch people go to hotels and I go what do you what what if like don't you want to so much could happen here today yeah. that we need to know about yeah and um, I think it helps me with the anxiety because like I'm in it already so I'm like I'm already here I'm in show mode yeah to go anywhere else I'd have to re-get in show mode to come back mm-hmm. I'm still the dude it's like yo let's go I've been telling people like let's go grab lunch I'm like let's just meet me at the venue <laughs> they're like well you want us to come right before the show I was like you can come now yeah we can have lunch here <laughs> I got a catered yeah they're like it's two in the afternoon I'm like yeah Come on, I'm hanging out. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I just, it's the thing about, and also, I know this, I've been wanting to nerd out with you for so long about all this because we're so alike in this aspect. I know you're a, a like, you get ticket dates daily, right? Oh, yeah. I get them every day. Yeah. I obsess about them oh, just yeah. like you. I'm waiting for a phone call from my agent who just called eight minutes ago yep. with updates on ticket counts from Fully Loaded. Yeah, like and I like, but like I, your final. It just I got off final, of it my final two settlement. Days ago. Yeah, and you want to know what the actual clean number was? Because I invested an, an, <laughs> a large sum of money back into the festival, mm-hmm. and but we did better than I think we anticipated doing in the festival. Yeah, meaning I, I think we anticipated X number of tickets, but there we've op- we opened up so many seats that we outsold our set ticket record counts in these stadiums. It's a cheat code; they can't put. They can't sit two thousand people on the infield. So, yeah. like, of course, we set ticket record for sure. Exactly. Like, we, we're, You're gonna beat every yeah, baseball yeah, game yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. every baseball venue is like, <laughs> whoa, hold on, what were your numbers? What was the headache of setting up there? Uh, My fear of base because, like, at sheds, like when you did uh, the um, um, Brandon, because I'll be in Brandon later this year too. Yeah. Did you do Bancorp and Tupelo too this time or no? Uh, uh-uh. I did. Uh, I did. And Brandon, we did um, the Brandon Amphitheater, the Brandon Mississippi. That's the one that got uh, stormed oh, that's out. Amphitheater. Yeah, it got stormed I out. I watched that one. That was fucking great, man. I would wish I, would, I mean, wish we could have. That's a beautiful venue. Seats seven thousand oh. feels like three. Oh, dude. it's fucking insane. So it and feels like a theater. So good oh. that every single person that's on that venue has hit hit me up. Not every, but has hit me up in like, hey man, I want to do that gig because yeah. Red Rocks is ten thousand. Yes, this is three thousand less than Red Rocks, and it is in a fucking coffee filter i mean it's like it's right it's just right there that's the best um the biggest hiccup we ran into my my biggest hiccup was uh being concerned for the comics right i was worried about the comics of being afraid because our first show was at not at 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 doors open at seven and the sun didn't set until 9 50 it was the longest day of the summer Mm -hmm. and so i was worried that the comics that went up during the sun were gonna have, they'd be in their head about it the um the setup was such that 
we had one group in front of the pitcher's mound and one group behind the pitcher's mound. And so, and there was a little space. There was going to be an hour intermission to sell beer. There were like certain things that I was worried about. And man, it, it flowed Good. so smoothly. So you set up two fucking stages? I set up, no, I set up uh, okay. two seats. So I had, so like, uh, so like this is the, so if this is the infield. So we set up on second base. Okay, yep. Right? Right. Right behind second base. Right. And so we had a row of, I'd say, maybe a thousand seats in front of the pitcher's mound, like meaning pitcher's mound here, that was empty. Yep. Pitcher's mound was empty. Yeah. And as was a line right here. And then we had another thousand seats behind oh, the okay. pitcher's Dope. mound. Okay, I see what you're saying. And then, and then uh, the biggest one that surprised me was Thunder Valley. We did. Uh, Is that in Ohio? No, that's uh, uh, Bristol, Tennessee. Okay, yeah. Thunder yeah. Valley on the raceway. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's and where I, they did the, uh, the country festival up there. Yeah, I was terrified that it was going to be. Well, they did the country festival inside Bristol. Okay. Inside Bristol, they inside set up. the Motor Speedway. Bristol right? itself holds 170,000 people. I know. 170,000 people. How, when did they do the UT? Uh, my brother's a big UT fan. When did they do the UT Virginia game? Brought in field. Yeah. Brought in a fucking football field. Brought in a Virginia. football field. That's <laughs> not fucking redneck East Tennessee as fuck, dude. That makes me so happy. There's some. There's <laughs> some. I'm. I let me. I, I. I regret. I regret not setting up roots in the South because there's something very uh, calming to me about the outdoors, the Spanish moss, the the smell, the humidity, right? The everything about the South calms me down. The trees, the you know. And and I actually said to someone at one point, I said this would suck in L.A. because we're in the desert, right. and there's and everything's manufactured. Like there was, it was so fucking awesome being doing that Southern run right. that I just and like what just, was the cap at Thunder Valley? Ten thousand, I think. Oh, it's a big bitch, birdie. It was a big bitch. It was a Good big for bitch. You baby, was, yeah. And we and it and it went. And and we're on. They got the. It, it's in a valley. I didn't even think right. this through. It's in a valley. So the the laughs are going back. We're, oh. we're caught in a valley. It's like the first time I ever did an outdoor festival when we started doing uh, those drive-ins. Right. The first one I did was it was it was a little bit of a a drug dealer's tease right. because it was in a rock quarry, oh. and I was like, this is amazing. Right. This is it was like old school grass tiered right. stadium, old white uh like white ticket booth with concessions like old right. school like right. pony board curtis style and i went i'm doing all these night at 70 and not all of them are that great a lot of them are a lot of them are but some and, and and shockingly the ones that you'd think would suck were even better like we did one in tulsa next to a highway and it was fucking awesome and people are driving down the street seeing our big screens faces on the big screen driving down the highway at 70 it was but it was great. Um, how many buses, how many trucks were fully loaded? Four buses, three trucks. No, four buses, four trucks. Because y'all were setting the stage up every day, right? We Building the, the whole up, production. Yeah. So we had one truck full of generators, one truck full of, uh, for the stage, one, and then two other trucks full of, like, all the sound equipment, everything else. Yeah. I think. I could have. You may, I may have to add one more truck to that. But then four tour buses. We had one for crew, which slept, I think, I don't know, we it was all coffin bunks it was just bunks yeah one for crew one for the girls one for the boys like comics and talent comics and 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 you know team members right one for the girls one for the boys and then we had a i, I got a lounge bus oh that's so awesome. we'd get done the show everyone got the lounge bus drink smoke 
fucking talk shit. We had two lounges in it, so you could one could smoke weed in the back, and right. the people who didn't want to smoke weed would sit up front, smoke cigarettes. It's like in the, the back. green room bus. Green room bus, yeah. and then we drive that. And then when we got tired, we'd we, we we you know big caravan. When we ever got tired, we'd tell him he'd pull off side, we'd switch buses and go to bed. <laughs> oh, that's the way to. Well, that's do where it. The, that's where the investment in the tour came. So I was like, we could have very easily done, you know, we could have probably done, you know, three buses, right? Maybe less if we just didn't bring people. Right. But I wanted to bring my daughter, her friend. They PA'd for right. us for a week. Um, and I wanted I wanted all the comics to feel special. Right. Like, I didn't want... Like, our very last day, I got a big inflatable uh, slide. Right. I got pools, like big kiddie pools. Filled them up with ice and, and water. It was hot as shit in fucking in, in Mississippi, surprisingly. Uh, set up beers, got music, got a dunk tank. And we all had, like, a pool day behind yeah. the venue. God, and it was like awesome. and everyone i mean everyone was just like duh this is the fucking yeah but i know as talent that when you're considered or when you give something a, give a little razzle dazzle to someone when you show me that you are thinking about me it it for the rest of my life i respect right. that that's, that's sure. why i love joe rogan yeah to this day I, I was thinking about the other day joe rogan if you ever would mention something uh yeah man i got a bullshit treadmill he has a guy that hooks up treadmills all really it is is a phone call for him he he's you know maybe maybe for joe maybe five grand and he next you know there's a treadmill outside your house that next day and you're like hey man you didn't have to do this he goes i know i didn't that's why i did it right a pool cues i i bought got a pool table and i texted him i said hey what's a good good pool cue and he went "Uh, how many who's playing well say just me and the girls he goes okay yeah give me an address I said, hey, Joe, you, I, I have money. I, I can do you Just tell me the pool cue. And he goes, no, it's, it, this isn't anything for me. Next day, I got fucking eight pool cues sent to my house that are all fucking the, the best pool cue you can buy in the world. And yeah. you're like, be careful taking them to a bar. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you've, ne- you've never touched your wallet around Joe Rogan right. ever fucking ever. And, and, but the, I know his talent. When someone treats you a little extra nice, it means it, it goes a very long way. There's a certain confidence that comes with being properly groomed, an aura, a vibe. You can tell by the way they care of themselves. It's called BGE. That's big groomed energy, and there's only one way to get that BGE, and that's Manscaped. I'd like to introduce you to their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet. The Platinum Package 4.0 Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now, trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT. Let me tell you about the confidence you get when you shave your junk. The importance of being fully groomed. I'm not joking. My dick gets hard. When That first moment after you've groomed and you look at yourself, you turn yourself on and you go, that's the way it's supposed to look. The way she should see it. Their new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. The, the Platinum Package 4.0 is on one-stop shopping for the man who deserves it all. The design package allows you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite pra- pra- products. Inside this, you're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0. That's all I really need to talk about because when it comes to grooming, that little LED light they have on the edge and the skin-safe technology, that is the most important thing you will ever need. It also has the hair, the ear nose, the Weed Whacker ear nose hair trimmer, the ultimate premium body wash, ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, ultra-premium deodorant, crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant, crop reviver ball spray toner, 
anti-chafing boxers. The Shed Travel Bag is going to hold all your goods while you're traveling. That's everything you need to know right now. Uh, clean yourself up this summer. It's a hot summer out there. Present yourself fresh, fresh and clean. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIRD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BERT. Unlock your big groomed energy with Manscaped. And remember, when you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. Look, we're all adults here, and I know some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. It's a new year. Why not start out by switching to a new nicotine product that you can feel good about? Lucy was a huge success on Fully Loaded. It was on every bus, in every corner, and everyone that uses nicotine was using it. If you enjoy using nicotine, you should definitely check out Lucy's products at lucy.co. That's lucy.co and use the promo code BERT at checkout. Also, I have to read this disclaimer. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Remember, if you're interested in in a better way to use nicotine, visit lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code BERT. Like in hindsight, when I would have loved to bring some music, that would have been a great way to, to like, I don't know, maybe next year fully loaded. We're thinking about Europe. We're thinking about, we're thinking about a lot of things. I'm in for the record. Okay. Just so you know. I but I, I think by the way, I think even if it's just one like, of us is even, not coming yeah, home yeah, on that for, one. It's gonna be great. <laughs> one of us is fucking not let, home. let the livers meet. <laughs> it's uh I swear, dude. I think we'll fucking I'll come out even if I just bring an acoustic guitar. I we'll just dude, come out of rock. I would love that. So I I'm sure you know this. I am that. Joe Rogan. I'm a over the moon comedy fan. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. I am like Well, that's why I was curious about your come up because I always knew you as like this sounds crazy, but as like one of us, meaning like yeah. podcast fan, guy on podcast. Yes, sir. Like I, I knew you as us, and when I started seeing you pop, I went, "Oh man, he's having a minute. This is fucking great." Yeah. And then, I mean, then that was a while ago. That was honestly, I remember, and I, I say one of us. I mean, I'm just meaning at, at like our level of like internet work, right? Putting in the work on the internet where you start to pop. I want to say, I, I really honestly, like, around Hey Big Boy or maybe even Secret Time. Yeah. Like, I started seeing you everywhere going like, oh, shit, man. Yeah. He's, and, and But I'm curious to your story of of how it started happening for you. Because right now, you're at a level that, like, that not a lot of musicians are at, but definitely no comics are at. Right, <laughs> Like, right. you've, and especially in the podcast circle, you've out-popped everybody. Right. So, Thank like, you. I'm curious. First of all, just because I'm just like, I... I joke, but I hired a publicist. I don't know if you heard this story, but it's one of my favorite. You'll appreciate it more than anybody. I can't I, wait. I hired ID Publicity, one of the biggest publicity companies in America. You name it, they do it. I mean, yeah. Madonna. First time I ever hired a publicist. And I, I just did it because I was like, I didn't want to do nothing with podcasts anyways, but I was like, well, I'm getting my feet around. You know, it's like, I had this weird thing that was like, I'll get to that in a second. I'm fucking... Anyway, so I've hired this publicity company, and the first thing when I hire them, they're like, well, what's your next thing? And I was like, yo, one of my homeboys is a comedian. His name's Andrew Scholes. We're doing a funny song together. Yeah. They're like, great. Send it to us, right? I'm like, all right, no problem. So me and Scholes do Open Her Up, which is yeah. a song about the country, dead smack middle pandemic, right? I remember that. And it's like, we're just fucking, I'm doing a song with a fucking comedian, Bert. 
So we're being funny. ID drops me. Said it was too controversial. Right? Was that my publicist, publicist company? There's no way. They would have dropped you forever no, ago. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think that was my publicist. Yeah, I swear to God. I'm going to tell you a funny story about this. <laughs> ID, was it ID Pub? Yeah, ID something. You know, publicity, whatever their name, ID Solutions or some of that weird shit. But. Dude, I think that, I don't, I don't remember. I'm, I, I had a, one publicist and I was doing, promoting a special and they were like, can you get on Joe Rogan? And I was like, Oh yeah, you're did fired. I just, did I just pay you six thousand dollars a month to tell to, me to go to one of my best friends' podcasts. <laughs> and they're like, Well, you know what? Just give us his number. We'll set it up. I was like, The fuck I am. Yeah. You think you think I'm gonna be friends with Joe Rogan if he gets a call? Yeah. Hey, this is a uh, oh, this is before you and Joe. Oh no, this is Joe and I were okay. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd already done the show like twenty times up at the, like at that point, thirty times, yeah. and then they're like, "Hey, do you want to?" <laughs> and and by the way, Joe's not the kind of. I mean, now things have are changed, obviously, but like back then, just it still is for me. But like, you text Joe, yeah. "Hey man, I got a special coming out." Yeah, of course. What, for sure. Let me know what or, date. I'm fucking in Austin. Yeah, because you yeah. and Hinchcliffe just did one on the fly recently, right? Yeah, we just the uh, well, we got uh, interviewed to stem cells in yeah. the morning with my parents. Yeah, and and, uh, and then we just did a podcast that afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, but he's look. I mean, it's yeah. I, so this this company drops me for fucking with comedians, and at that moment I was like, "Oh no, this is where I belong." It, I doubled down. Mm-hmm. That was my clear moment of like, "Hold on now," because I was telling somebody, "I've never got more of an audience that understood me." I've done every music thing you can do practically within yeah. reason, right? Yeah. Sort of fucking Saturday Night Live, right? And they don't get it. You do these interviews. I do fucking radio interviews like comics used to do morning radio to sell tickets. Yeah. Country radio, I'm doing the fuck out of country radio. Yeah. And it's like every now and then you'll get a dude who's like funny and fun. Yeah. But just fucking, they're not long form. It's short form. You're not getting to really fucking peel back an onion and fuck with somebody. I just, I, so I finally, I was just like, dude, I'm doubling down on this shit. I'm not doing nothing. But when I came here, I have a new publicist who's awesome. She who? gets me. Who? Um, her name's Jennifer Vessio. Okay. She's an independent out of Nashville. Sweet I just got an independent out yeah, of Nashville for, yep. for fully loaded. I, I was like, well, let's, I need a, I wish I knew the name of her. I'd give her a shout out. But like, I wanted someone to be in charge of it. And I, and I wanted, this sounds crazy, but I wanted uh written press on the, on the pub, on the festival. Right. Cause I need, I, 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 in my head, I was like, if we're going to do a second season, second year of this, I need, I need press articles and press things that I can send to brands for sure. to get them on board so that I can make money mm-hmm. this time. <laughs> It's also legitimizing what yeah. you do because it's like when I first got with my publicist this time, she was like, what do you want? And I was like, I want to do the Nashville, the Tennessee and the local newspaper, which they ended up giving me the cover, really? front page of the newspaper. Last time I was in the newspapers for a robbery case. So this <laughs> <laughs> so this <laughs> so I was like, she got me the cover. And it's like, that was important to me, though. It's like, I yeah. wanted a hard, you know what I mean? Like, it was a piece of the legacy I wanted. But when I, when I hired her this time, I was like, look, I want you to know the front end. I say fucking wild shit. I'm a wild fucking dude. And I don't, I have maybe 10 music friends and like 40 comedian friends. And I only do comic podcasts. Yeah. So I'm going to say extremely cancelable shit and satire all the time. She was like, no, I fucking got you. So when I came to LA this time, she was like, do you need me to set anything up? I was like, nope. Shab hooked me up with Bert. I'm doing Bert. I'm doing Shab. I was like, I'm fucking, I'm cool. I did bootleg Kev. Yeah. I, I saw bootleg Kev. Kev today. I actually watched it live. Oh I yeah. Watched it live. I was, I had a plan when we were working out this morning. Um, who, bootleg kev seems to know a lot about hip-hop he is dude he's like 
he's like one like um Rosenberg. Yeah. Remember Rosenberg up in, L- in New York? He was one of my first finds. Him and his beef with Nicki Minaj. Yeah. It was, right? was like, I, I don't even remember. This, I was this back when I was doing, when I wasn't selling tickets in clubs and I was in Canada and I listened to him. He did an interview with uh, someone and he was talking about that beef he had with Nicki Minaj. Right. And how it turned into a friendship. Now yeah. she kind of leans on Rosenberg? Yeah. Yeah. I when think I, so. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Rosenberg. Yeah. When I, first, I compare Kevin, I love you, Kev. Don't take this one fucked up if you do. To me, he's Kev was like the West Coast Southern version of Rosenberg. Yeah, he was like that white DJ in hip hop that was really into the culture, and was spinning records in the clubs and figuring shit out, and then ended up on radio and has a syndicated show on radio now. And like, Kev's like a real dude. My manager is John John Manila. He manages Joey Badass now. Yeah, he managed Jay Z for fucking two decades. Jay Z called him the consigliere. It's like the big thing, you know. So he's like a super hip hop New York guy. And yeah. whenever, whenever Bootleg Kev came, <laughs> we got blackout drunk last night. We really? left. I left. Well, I started drinking at fucking Kimmel, right? I started. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. it. We'll have a couple of drinks here. And then. They shoot that at five? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you got to get there at 11. It was wild. So I, the long, and I don't know if you're like this. Hey, but the I longer, was Chelsea. I was Chelsea. Awesome. Cool you know, che- so I got a cool Chelsea story. Chelsea is developing a TV show on me and my wife right now. Really? Dude, I did this Netflix special with Chelsea. I didn't know her from the man on the Wait, moon. When was this? It was called Hello Privilege. It's Chelsea. She was talking about that. white yeah, privilege. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, it was so good, Bert. She had no clue what she was. I didn't know what either one of us was walking to do. Yeah. So my people called me. They're like, hey, do you want to do this thing with Chelsea? Handler? I remember that. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. They was like, then my manager calls at the time. It was, it was like, hey, don't do this. This is meant to kill you. This is a setup. It's politically charged. She's going to come in and try to paint you as a Bible-beating Trump supporter as a conservative redneck who's had white privilege. I was like, oh, no, I really want to do it now. There's yeah. no way. I was poor as fuck. We ate yeah. crackers and butter. I was like, there's <laughs> no way she's going to come in here and clown me. And so she comes in to a barbershop in my old neighborhood. My barber's up. It's fucking hood barbershop, my favorite place on earth. If yeah. you ever just want to go spend a Saturday somewhere and laugh, go to a black barbershop. They're the best. The funniest I've ever been in my life, meaning I have a handful of times where I surprised myself as a comic right i've had a number of times there's a number of times where it didn't land right but i take for whatever reason i roll the dice black barbershop called in the cut over uh on in the valley and we're filming it it's omar dorsey it's the dude who plays the hawk in the iron man things or right or like the hawk or something something like that it's all black dudes all black dudes all famous black dudes and they asked me if I'd come in and just be like the white guy. And I was like, yeah, sure. Because I know Omar real well. They're making fun of white guys as being gay. And by the way, I, I'm sure that anyone was famous that was there didn't say anything like that. I'm just covering bases. <laughs> this is back when you could... Then, when, <laughs> like, woke, wokeness hasn't really hit barbershops right. 100%. <laughs> and, and they're calling just white guys gay. And they're like, you guys love gay shit. And, and I... By the way, I one of my favorite things. I I'm a fan of I'm a fan. Okay, I, so if you're gonna point fingers at someone who likes gay shit, it's me. Right. Me and Tom Segura have a podcast based on our fantasy of being gay. Right. We buy each other birthday presents. <laughs> a la gay men. Right. I mean, so it, I, yeah, I'm guilty. And they're like, and but I'm like, like name one thing we do that's gay. And they're like, when you guys pass out, you guys like write dicks on each other's faces and dicks and nuts. And they're like, black guys don't do that. And I go, yeah, because you got to find a silver Sharpie. 
place goes fucking boom. I just walk out and go, that's my time. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, like that's, but black barbershops are the, best. the fucking best. They're the funny. You're talking about woke. It's, it's the most politically incorrect environment oh. ever. So I was like, this is a great place to bring her. I'll bring her to the hood barbershop in my neighborhood. So my barber, whoa, is wearing a Trump shirt. He was wearing it every day the entire administration. Yeah. And he just, it's a fucking hood barbershop. He's just doing it to gaslight people, yeah. right? And it's funny because you see the mixed reviews anyways. You know, black dudes come in, they start, they start an argument. A fun one, right? They never yeah. fought. But then you'd have another black dude that's come in like, shit, they would have, that white boy gets elected, they're going to shut down my mechanic shop down the street. <laughs> We're fucked if that white, the other white boy gets elected. We need to keep the redhead in now. So they're like always like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so she comes in, she's like a white rapper and a black Trump supporter. And I just, I, I just was just being real. I was just like, oh, dude, you're starting that shit. I was like, Chelsea, you're as white trash as I am. She's like, I'm Jewish. I was like, Chelsea, you're white trash. I've read every one of your books. You made a living talking about your pussy. I was like, I've been to prison. Your books get spread around. They're soft porn. I was like, it's a thing. You know what I'm saying? I was like, 50 Cent calls you gator. I was like, this is like a thing, you know? And at that point, she just like, you know, Chelsea's a tough laugh. Yeah. She laughs. And the moment she laughed, I was like, yes, this yeah. is going to be great. We end up having the coolest time. We don't talk politics. It ends up, we talk about my time in the system, of course, and kind of my juvenile and my justice reform efforts and shit. And then when the camera goes off is when me and her fell in love with each other. The camera goes off. And during on the camera, I was like, I got some shrooms. Because, you know, I heard she shroomed or whatever, yeah. right? And she was like, oh, cool. And, you know, on camera, she's like, we'll do them later. Camera goes off. Bitch walks up to me and hugs me goodbye. Where are them shrooms, fat ass? And I was like, right here. She was like, come on. Connected. She took me to go talk with her at Princeton. Oh, we went to, yeah, me and my wife are smoking. It looks like Hogwarts. We're at Princeton just out there. Me and my wife blowing fucking doobies, waiting to go talk to a oh, bunch shut of. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, dude. Chelsea, Chelsea Handler Productions comes and develops a show on us. We're at fucking pitch. It's at Universal right now and like the the final phase of development or whatever it is you and your wife look like if like so when you see the Habsburgs right and you go uh Habsburgs for anyone listening that's the that's the bloodline that is royalty around Europe uh they were so they were they had a certain look and you went oh that's what a prince should look like no chin big nose hemophiliac right <laughs> so uh you and your wife look like if they were going to put royalty in nashville that's what you and your wife look like yes. like that's what royalty should look like yes. like it i i saw i haven't really seen too much of your all's blogs uh but i saw one thing and i went oh yeah that if you if you get to make money in nashville that's where you go that's what, how you do it yeah like big trucks and fucking yeah. and like like I, like i feel like this is what uh modest income in valley in uh not valley village i don't live there anymore but in la looks like is like okay nice white farmhouse yeah throw back to well, who they really are okay but then you go to nashville i go oh oh that's how i spend my money yeah oh for sure yeah literally fucking big redneck trucks we just bought we just bought a uh i just bought a bunch of quads and a bunch of four-wheelers because yeah. we got a, a place now that we can go fuck up and my wife was like so it's so funny because she's such a like valley girl at heart because she grew up here in vegas right 
Yeah. I don't know if you know this part of the story, but my wife was like a super high end escort when I met her. I did not. And know I was <laughs> curveball. I was about today, to right? go. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm glad you didn't. But uh, no. <laughs> oh yeah. Dog's no, I know her. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. So when I met her, I was like living out of a '96 van, and I was doing like hundred dollar a night shows. It's you and Leanne, kind of yeah. right. I was like fucking. Leanne was a prostitute. Yeah. Right. <laughs> God, I wanted Leanne to like me. There that went. But it's fucking uh I was like, I was dead broke and we kind of, you know, she just kind of took to me and she she was, you know, really making money in the se- in the sex work industry, like real money. Like I couldn't I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Like because where yeah. I'm from, yeah. yeah, it's like where I'm from, a prostitute is like two dollar holla. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. I suck your dick for fifty dollars. This was, you know. $15, we didn't. We never had a high dollars an hour. Shit. I remember the first high end prostitute I ever ran into was in Vegas. Me and my buddy Eddie were were walking through the slots. She came up and she was to this day, handful of in that handful of the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. Oh. And she came up to us. And Eddie and I were fresh out of Tallahassee, and she was like, uh, "What are you guys doing tonight?" And we were like, "Oh my God, we're getting hit on. This is amazing." We're like, "Nothing." I was on TV at the time. Like nothing, and I was like, "Did you, uh, did you, did you watch my show?" And she's like, "What?" I was like, "I have a TV show." And she's like, "Oh no, I didn't know. What's the name of it?" And I said, "Something." She goes, "You guys want to go get a drink?" And we're like, "Fuck yeah!" And I'm looking at Eddie like, "I hope she has a friend." And Eddie's like, "Are you here by yourself? Do you have friends?" She goes, "No, I have friends. You want me to call a friend?" And we're like, "Yeah." And she goes, "Uh, what's so funny is now I look back and I go, it wasn't that expensive, you know? Theoretically, she goes uh, three thousand dollars." And I went, "Huh?" She goes, three thousand dollars for an hour." And I went what are you talking about she's like if you guys want to fuck me it's three thousand dollars and we were like i remember three thousand dollars seemed like the most crazy number now i look at it and i go mm, oh yeah let's talk for an hour first yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah i got six no she was uh she was like that she was like a you know i mean dude 15 20 i mean real money really it was in like if she ever writes a book which she wouldn't because she's too gangster but if she well she will write a book but not about this but if she ever like released her diary we're talking about like CEOs of like oil companies. Oh, I like bet. People you know. You know what I mean? They're like yeah. super. But, um, and she was, I just, I didn't understand the concept of some fucking old Southern crack dealer. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> sell you cocaine in the bathroom, kid that's trying to be a rock star. You know, and I'm just like, I don't understand this. And, but I, I didn't have a problem with it. You know, I was like, yeah. fuck, it's way, you know, if it's that high end, I'm cool with whatever. She really, she helped me put out. She helped finance addiction kills. She helped hire a lawyer to get custody of my daughter. She got me a place. I didn't have a place. I, I was homeless. I was living in the van because I wasn't yeah. home enough, you know? Yeah. So, and my daughter, her, her mother ended up hooked on heroin, my daughter's mother. And me and her got, me and Bunny got married. And Bunny helped me get custody of Bailey. And she just bet the farm on me. Sometimes you find those badass bitches who, like, like yesterday, perfect example. Yesterday, Leanne, I didn't realize this, but she booked the dental appointment I thought we were doing it for this. This was a consultation. This was an operation. Uh, and I didn't realize. And she said to me, aren't you glad that's done? At the end of this, I said, last night, I said, you just fixed my mouth for the next 40 years. Yeah. Like, I go, you know, I would have never done that, right? Mm-hmm. She was like, I know. And I was like, no, I, like, I don't think there's nothing I can do like that for you. Like, I can't ever help you the way, you, like, there some some people, I won't say women, but some people just fucking are like, are like angels like that. Right. They have that ability to kind of fucking and 
I think we married them. Yeah. We got lucky too. enough to marry them. We got married. We found that person that gets it and gets oh, us. Man. You know? I can't wait till we can all go out. Your wife doesn't party, right? She'll party. She parties? A little bit. She's yeah. not like she used to, though. So she yeah. got sober a couple, sober-ish a couple years ago. I'm yeah. still fucking go for the gusto, of course. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah. but the difference between me and her was she was wild. Really? You're like, I'm like, I'll go out and party. But like, dude, Bunny was like, the probably first five interactions we had at casinos, she was feeding me just nails of cocaine. <laughs> and then at the end of the night, I'd be like, got a Xanax. She'd be like, yep, pop me off a bar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she was like, wild. You know, she was in that vegas casino fucking just fucking you know she i mean she didn't even understand how much money she was making that's uh yeah i, I that i you land's definitely not giving you nails of cocaine yeah <laughs> she definitely so she got but as she's like the years went on she, you know what really happened and she probably wouldn't want me to say this but she got into mama bear mode kind of you know bunny didn't have kids and then yeah. when we got custody of bailey it was like something clicked with her. It was like, oh my God, we're completely responsible for this child. And yeah. Her mother's disappeared on heroin at the time, which she's sober now, thankfully. But it was like Bunny just went into like fucking, whoa, whoa, figure this out. Like changed her whole shit, started podcasting, started Patreon. Her YouTube page is pretty big. Yeah, for sure. Her Patreon's crushing. So really? she, yeah. And she does like anywhere from 600 to a 600,000 to a million downloads a month on the podcast through all the platforms. That's fucking crazy that this world didn't exist. For like guys like me and you, I I knew I was smart. Like, do you feel like this sometimes? I've, I I have to say that you and I are similar, if not identical. Sometimes is like I knew I was smart. I knew I was passionate. I knew I could only be passionate about one thing, and that's comedy. But I also knew I also have good ideas that I right. feel like sometimes, like I and and in the old system of of Hollywood, I was not valuable. I didn't have the flair. I didn't know how to walk into a room and and with with confidence and put everyone down so that everyone looked up to me. Right. I just knew how to do what I did on my own level. And then I and now I look and I go, God, man, I'm so lucky the business model changed. Right. The business model said, Hey, it's artists first. Let's start with artists first. You know what I mean? Well, let me tell you something though, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something you need to hear if nobody's told you this, Bert. Please. You and your people changed the business model. The business model didn't change, Bert. Y'all changed it. The U's, the Rogans, the Tommy Buns. Y'all changed the business model in a way that's changed everything. When I, I literally, my publicist was more, if God, I hope I don't get in trouble and kicked off every show for this ever, was more excited about me nailing down the Burt cast just because of us being fans. Dude. Me, you know, and people connecting us, right, than she was me playing Kimball. Really? Literally. Well, it was such a great, but it was an amazing Kimmel appearance. Thank you. It, it was, was an amazing Kimmel thank appearance. Thank you, man. It was, it was surreal. You, I don't know if it's like this in your business, but you know how it's a special night for you, right? Where you're yeah. like, I've been crushing this in theaters and comedy clubs for a fucking year. Mm -hmm. But for the next fucking three nights in Cleveland or two nights in Cleveland, I got to put on the best fucking show I've ever done, right? Yeah. It's like, that was the first time I felt that, Bert. When I'm oh. like, I only get to do this once. I've got to like really fucking sing today. <laughs> I only get to do that <laughs> like, once. This yeah. is it. Like I've got to sing better than I've sang all month. This isn't yeah. drunk at a bar singing with fucking five thousand Jelly Roll fans. This yeah. is like, oh, we're all having fun. If I miss a note, Dude, who cares? They want to hear it. We're kicking it, you right? Murdered it. Yeah. Murdered it. <laughs> I was murdered dialed it. in, Bubba. And all I could think was, uh, this sounds crazy, but I was like, all I could think was, uh, like, I, I hope he. I hope he gets to do that on Rogan. Oh, 
like I, like I like in my head i'm like because you and rogan i mean rogan would fucking eat you alive he'd love you and uh, but you know it's my dream but he's and he, but he lo- he's a big music fan oh yeah and especially your genre of music right. you know he's in me turned on the world to fucking uh to uh fucking uh god damn it i thought sturgill was one of them sturgill simpson sure. yeah sturgill okay, simpson. i thought that's what you think yeah yeah, yeah. sturgill did, for sure i mean and because and he loves that shit but he loves a good fucking party yeah too. for sure no dude i'm huge I, I was we've been have shop. you done tommy's yet i haven't done tommy yet I haven't got to meet bunch yet I, I really want to meet tommy bad i've just you know it's just lucky for me shop got fucked with me early theo of course i seen theo and spade last yeah. night you know um, what we have to do you know what we have to do we have to have you go do it we'll have you on as a guest bear oh my god but, but i be... just watched the guest when you missed it when ron was there on the bus episode. the other day. so i don't listen to music yeah right because i don't want to be influenced by what's happening right i don't want to ever be in the studio writing a song that accidentally feels like a new drake song yeah because i was listening to it too much that's it's... how i got into podcasting oh really yeah so it's like when i'm on the bus i'm we're playing podcasts like, oh yeah we're like you know we're listening to comedy or we're watching specials you know and we're like you know fucking i hope we get a chance to talk about this too i want to nerd out about how much i dissect specials like i'm a comedian which Ooh, i'm far from let's talk about it right now but i fucking love shane gillis special okay let's talk about live it. from austin okay what did you I'll, let me, I'll tell you my favorite part about shane gillis special okay without a doubt it starts very cold with a joke it's a great joke and then they do the intro and then they go into the special yes it's my favorite part because I need you. I need to know. I need to be pulled in immediately. I don't need. I watched. Uh, I watched. Well, that one doesn't count. But I watched a special the other day that was. Uh, it had a uh, a five minute intro. Mm. It's a five minute intro before the j- first joke. So no funny, just like you know, like a scenario or whatever. And I kind of thought to myself, so so tremendous waste of time in a comedy spot yeah for sure no <laughs> like, five, like just so we're clear i know where i'm at in my act at five minutes and in five minutes uh I, I, on secret time at five minutes i had told you three secrets i told you two jokes uh, and i was already into um a, a story about being a bad dad grabbing a coors light i just watched it with my dog the other day yeah because i was putting it on for my dogs and i was and peter and all them were in there i was like i was like i put my specials on for my dogs yeah so and i I hear your voice and at that minute at that moment in the special i realized this was going to be a good special and it's when i go i grabbed a coors light instead of a uh uh, and you were like fuck it i'm committed or yeah i I said yeah for those who haven't seen the joke was no fuck it it's too late yeah i said uh as soon as that beer hit your hits your lips, it's like a finger in your ass at an yep, orgy. Yep. You got to decide what man you are. Do you push back into it or you pull away from it? Yeah. I push back into it. Yep. I killed that Coors Light. Yeah. Then reached in my pocket and prayed there's another Coors Light. Who wants a fucking Bud Light if you just had a Coors Light at right. 8 a.m.? <laughs> and when they started, that's five minutes into my specials. Right. Like, I'm not, clearly I'm not the best in the game. And there are way dudes way better. And there are guys going for different things. But, like, I would argue, I would argue that, uh, that if you were putting out a, a, a a music album and your first five minutes was you telling a story you'd be like i think i'm missing out on the music part right you should have a five minute song yeah. to open your comedy you know like so i just so but that was what i loved that was what i loved about shane's um i loved how he would 
the, his setups, the storytelling. I love the, it felt like the most relaxed special I've watched in forever. It's Shane. It's almost like he didn't give a fuck. He was shooting a special. Like I thought I was in the comedy club with him and that felt different for some reason. I don't know why I don't get the expertise stuff like y'all do. And I'd love for you to tell me why I felt that way, but watching it felt like I was just in the club. I felt like we were at Zany's and Dorfman was sitting next to me. Like, you got to watch this guy. He's fucking funny. And well, then he comes out and crushes. Cause I didn't know who he was man on the moon at the time. Right. I just, I didn't catch none of the, I, I went back to the Gillian Keefe shit. Yeah. Right. Shane, so this is, Shane has an, an, an insane relatability that he doesn't force. It's natural. Uh, I, I don't want, I, 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 I don't want to say too much about, I just spent two weeks with the guy. So yeah. I, I've, I've assessed a lot of what makes him great or what I enjoy about him, and I know it. Now, I do that not to ever replicate it, but to see what am I doing, what am I doing, certain things. Uh, maybe for someone, it's inflection. Like with Sam Kinison, we know we loved when he would right. raise his voice and get high, yeah. right? That was like something you go, oh, that's, that's, that is different, special. Shane has little nuances that he does uh, that I'll tell you, but we'll edit out because I don't want to tell you and then people notice them. What I love about him is very candidly, and this is my love letter to Shane. I hope he hears this one day because I know what he'll tell me. Uh, so Georgia, my you know Georgia, my oldest daughter, their generation, they don't. Um, I don't know the right way to say this, but like comedy is the the enemy right. because comedy is making fun of all the social justice things they hold so precious. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that one is right and one is wrong. I think it's great to acknowledge, uh, you know, what's going on in this country and to stand up for for certain things. Shane, all the things Georgia finds precious, Shane are all of his bits. I mean, like everything that Shane, that my daughter Georgia goes, you can't joke about that. Shane jokes about it. So my very first day, uh, Big J misses his fight. Big J is Georgia's favorite comic alive big jerkson's george's favorite comic alive big j and david tell are her number one and number two but shane goes up and i'm watching georgia and i'm thinking how is she going to react to shane who takes all the precious things and then basically goes that's where those are all my bits right she was crying laughing and she couldn't help it and she would grab her mouth and then look at me as if she was busted and then she goes, Dad, you can't help it. He's, dad, the way he says it, Dad, it, it's like, Dad, he can get away with it. Right. Because you know, like, he's a good guy, but like, and like, it's hard to explain, Dad. And then at the end of the night, I said, try to explain it to me. And she goes, well, it's like the way Shane does comedy. Like, he says the thing that you kind of have thought, but you've never said out loud, but then he says it for you. And then, but he says it in such a surprising way that it catches you off guard. And you can't help but laugh. I go, baby, that's comedy. That's comedy. That's comedy. Yep. To watch her watch Big J, Shane, and Dave. That's who went right before me. Right. Uh, every night I watched her watch those three dudes. That's the only ones I could watch. She was working on the other ones. I got to watch her watch everything. And usually I'd watch it with her on the big screen. To watch her cry laughing at jokes she heard the second time. Or watch David Tell rephrase a joke or re-shimmy a joke. She would, she was, it was the greatest gift I could have ever given myself because it now it's like her sense of humor there the gloves are off right she's making jokes i could have never guessed it was the fucking greatest man that is yeah that i don't know that i felt that way because 
some of the stuff Shane talked about in his special yeah. was that to me. It was like, yeah. oh, I never thought of it that way. That's fucking funny. That makes a lot of sense. The Alabama football team stuff was yeah. a, a prime example of like, He's amazing, ah. man. He's a he's really he really is. <laughs> he's uh he's the special I like like as of recent. You know, something I I, I stole this from you. I'm gonna give you credit. I'm gonna give you your flowers in person. Please. You did a, a thing where you were talking about how you watched that it, uh most specials in the first 30 minutes, which is ironic because Shane's was like 51 and yeah. Stav's new one was like 49 or something or yeah. 52. If you cut the fluff in the beginning of the end, it was still short of 40. Like you can tell people are adopting that format. Yeah. Especially the YouTube side of it. I think Shav's Gringo Poppy was 39. Yeah. But, um, and it was interesting, but you said, so I come out with what used to be on the 55 minute mark uh, but you, I think I don't remember exactly what you said. I want to fuck it up, so you correct me. But you tell your second best joke first, and your first best joke in the middle. Yeah, or it was reverse of that. So right? I, it was. What, I took all my I took all my laughs per minute. I took all the things, all the big pops, and I opened with them exactly. And then I took my closer, which was my best bit, and I put it at twenty two minutes because so I figured that was it. That was I, right, yeah. I heard uh, Delia had told me no one watches past thirty minutes. Yeah. And then the person, and I, I, if you can go back into the things, you'll know who it is. But some person was like kind of oblivious and they were like, they watched the whole thing. And I went, I know what I watch. I watched, and I watched 30 minutes of, and I love Delia, but I watched 30 minutes of his, I watched 30 minutes of everyone's special. Yeah. And and then the good ones, like Chappelle, That'll you end really up watching the whole thing. The, whole the one that opens with Kicker and the Pussy, right. which is possibly the greatest joke ever written, ever, in my opinion. For sure. In the, I love that joke. As soon as I saw that joke, I went, I'm watching the whole fucking thing. I right. go, why would you waste a great joke at the end if no one's going to watch it? Exactly. So now I'm now my special's kind of like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing with it. I'm trying to figure it out. But Oh, that's what's so fun about what y'all do compared to what we do. Imagine me trying to like write a song every night in a new city that was like, hey, I bombed on the hook last night, so I wrote a new hook. Y'all didn't hear it, but here's the new hook of the song. It's fucking nuts. But I stole that from you. And <laughs> spoiler alert to Jelly Roll fans, the first three... Wait till the day you see a Jelly Roll show. The first three songs, I come awkwardly close to blowing my load. Dude, that I come out. Well, I used to come out the opposite until I heard you say that in a podcast. You changed my whole set list, bro. Dude, because I was like, he's topic. right. I need to come right out fucking swinging for the fucking fences. Especially, and I come out even harder. I have two, I have multiple set lists, of course. Yeah. But I have like, if I'm like direct support for somebody like i'm direct support for brantley gilbert in jacksonville tomorrow okay i'm bringing the oklahoma city thunder out the gate <laughs> right like i the first eight minutes of my show you would girl you, you're gonna be like whoa there's nothing else for him to do yeah but now the trick for me is how does every 12 minutes after that i do something like oh i fucking forgot that's that jam yeah. Yeah. you know what i'm saying or like oh i never heard somebody cover that song that way so now I got to be creative, but I come out with that Burt mentality of like my first, I'll let you keep this. And I was going to say edit this part out, but I'll just say it out of my top eight streaming songs. I blow three of them in the first six minutes. That's fucking, but that's, that's how much of a load. I mean, I, I tell people if you're a jelly roll fan, fucking get there early and excited. Yeah. It's the girl that played my daughter in the movie. Hold on one second. I hope everything's okay. What's up? <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> She's hanging out at my house. Oh, it's with, I'm doing a podcast. This is my wife from the movie. Hello. And my daughter from the movie. Hey. Justin Stephanie, that's Jelly Roll. Hello, friends. Hey, Jelly Roll. I'm sorry, hey, Jelly Roll. Interrupting your 
Oh, uh, dude, listen, I'm a piece of shit. Interrupt anything with I've me. Got, if I get a, if I get a voice, <laughs> if I get a FaceTime from you guys, I answer it. You know that. <laughs> yeah. We miss you. We're on our third gin and tonic. Yes. Yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love that your friends thank you when they're drunk like mine. Oh, me. you're the fucking greatest. <laughs> I'm on antibiotics from an oral surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I know. You burnt. You posted that picture of yourself with no beard, and I almost lost my fucking mind. I was yeah, like, that's not. Jesus. By the way, I'm the ugliest fucking man without hair. No, you were like, no, you were. You're like a five out of ten. You I'm gonna be five out of five ten. Out of I look like a ten. <laughs> I get the zero and the ten. Seriously, if I were a lesbian, you would have been totally my type. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love you guys. I'll call you later. I'm gonna finish my podcast. Okay, love you, bye. bye. That's uh, awesome. That's who's playing the movie. That's the actress from the movie. Those are that's, she plays my daughter, and then the redhead plays my wife. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. We gotta wait till this work cleans itself up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bad timing. Bad timing. Oh my God. You know what? I had these plans of me hanging out with Putin. Yeah. And doing shots and him going, "I love the machine." Yeah. This is my favorite movie ever. Yeah. And now it's fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know how he can do an about face. Oh yeah. I was, you know what I was thinking today? I was on the toilet and I was like, do you think, do you think if Hitler knew the, the, the press that he'd get after, you know, still 70 years, what, 80 years, a hundred years after what he did, do you think he still would have done it? <laughs> do you think if they were like, like he might have meeting, doubled down. They would have been like, hey man, just so you know, this isn't going to age well. <laughs> Like <laughs> the sad part is he might have thought legacy. Do legacy. more. Do I mean, more. do you think he had any idea he'd be who he is today? Oh, dude, literally. Out of all, I mean, he out of Genghis Khan, Stalin, all the fucking Pol Pot. I think Pol Pot was after, but like after all the things, you think he was like, there's no way I'll be the big bad guy. Do you think he thought about how much the mustache would mean? He really, how many men in America how that was like a symbol? You can never. Ever for another hundred years, you can't cut that mustache in your face. Uh, well, yeah, you can. Everyone that's ever shaved off a mustache has At definitely. Some, oh, for sure. But is I've that had, something we can yeah, admit now? Because one hundred percent. Not one white diet dude ever shaved off a beard and didn't give himself a Hitler for a second and be like, "It looks good." I'm certain my iCloud has a Hitler mustache of me on some drunk. Isn't that night. crazy that if you cut a Hitler mustache in yourself and just post it on Instagram? You'd, cancel, you'd be canceled forever, and it's just a mustache. Yeah. Do you remember Michael Jordan had the Hitler mustache? Yes. He had the Hitler mustache in a fucking, and no one said a word. They're like, I guess you, black guys you, can get away listen, with it. you just can't cancel Michael, though. You just seen them kids trying to get a picture with him? No, we yeah, wouldn't. Like, tell him, like, go fuck off or something. He was like, get the fuck away from my car. Dude, that, <laughs> guy, that guy's an inspiration for me. He'll smoke four cigars a day. Oh, yeah. Like, just suck down cigars. Yeah, he had a Hitler mustache yeah. in a fucking commercial. Yeah. You can't tell Michael shit. What if what if you just grew a Hitler mustache and you're like, and you're like, what? Yeah. It's, I, it, I, it looks good on me, okay? I've tried a lot of different mustaches, <laughs> and it just I, looks good. This is what I landed on. <laughs> this was, yeah, I didn't realize how Hitler-ish it was. Until oh, it now. is yeah. full-blown Hitler. He had to have known, right? There's no way. Well, hold on, <laughs> hold on. You know, you know, uh, bougie, badass. Yeah. Uh, the name of his... Uh, documentary is called My Struggle. Boozy. Boozy, yeah. Yep. Which is Mein Kampf. Yeah. That's the name of Mein Kampf is My Struggle. 
he named his documentary after Hitler's book on his own. Like, and I'm pretty sure he had never. I will say this about Boosie in his defense. I think Michael knew that was a Hitler mustache. I don't think Boosie did. I know. I don't think Boosie <laughs> did. I'm almost certain Boosie's not listening to Hitler documentaries. I'm almost certain Boosie badass is like, yeah, I just never even know. I almost bet Boosie would, you'd have to remind him who Hitler was right now. I wonder if, I wonder if, because Boosie and I are both intelligent people enough to make, uh, you know, money. I wonder if, I wonder if like we were both on Jeopardy, who would win? Because I bet we both don't know a lot of shit. You're setting me up right now. I hate you. But <laughs> <laughs> you're evil. By the way, if, if we could get, if by the way, if the people at Jeopardy are listening, get me and Boosie. Who would be the perfect third? Uh, me, you, and Boosie. Who do you yeah, think? Uh, who do you dude, think would win on Jeopardy? It depends on the listen. If it, I don't know. I'm trying to think about what I think. This is why I'm going to get in trouble. I'm trying to think about what Boosie would know more about than me. Trying, I yeah. can't think of much. I thought maybe Southern rap because he's a pioneer of it. And I'm like, I don't yeah. know, man. I mean, I'm pretty fucking yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It, southern hip hop. My Southern hip hop uh, is really only Miami, Atlanta, and Memphis. Right. And some Houston. How deep does it get into Memphis? Like 8-Ball and MJG AP, deep? Yeah. Kingpin, Skinny Pimp yeah. deep? Like, yep. uh like uh suave house yes yeah oh, i was, I was really Houston big into stuff. suave house yep. so like that suave house uh ugk ghetto oh, boys everything yeah. jay prince has done yeah no, I, I don't know I, I gotta be honest with you jay prince is someone i came late to the game with because i read an article that jay prince uh put out like a like a not a hit on someone but was like hey we don't talk about this anymore and everyone's like Okay, man. Jay Prince said we don't do it, so that's Jay what Prince we do. says the word is bond. Yeah, he's a guy you wouldn't know because he was a behind the scenes guy. That was like, you know, he's a real guy. First of all, I want to plug y'all together though. I Good. would if you and Jay Prince did a podcast, it would be so funny and so awesome. Well, he, he there is nothing short of Southern rap history, dude. That dude, when Biggie got killed, this is how deep his roots run in the streets and in hip hop. When Biggie got killed, the weekend Biggie got killed, Jay Prince flew to L.A to sit down with Diddy, sat Diddy down and said, listen, man, you know I know what's up. They're going to try to move on your mans. Y'all need to get out of here. Really? Yes, sir. Jay Prince, he has a book called uh, The Art of Respect, and he talks about all these. He talks about stuff that you don't know happened, like, you know, like breaks down the fourth wall shit of, like, the old. Because, you know, he was the first independent record label with the Ghetto Boys. Before Cash so Money, I thought, before I No thought, Limit. I thought master p was the first independent label before no master p stole the the book from jay prince really well jay prince gave it to him they were friends but okay yeah master p came from new orleans to houston to see jay prince so get i remember name. i remember master p coming out so we got we got turned on to mjg and eight ball still i used to i used to come out on stage to uh, alcohol pussy and we oh it's one of my favorite songs i used to listen to it in the car with my daughters yeah and, and, <laughs> and they just they didn't know uh but uh we got turned on to MJG and Eight Ball, that Space Age Pimpin' album, mm. and then was that the album or was it uh, Over the Edge or something? I think it was Space Age Pimp was the album. Was it? Yeah. Uh, we got turned on to that, and then through that Suave House, and then from there, every, like the first time Killer Mike came out, I thought it was was um, Mr. Mike. Yeah. So I, I and when I heard first time I heard Killer Mike, I went, so this is Mr. Mike. Finally, he's getting this come up like. And no. then, and then I was like, "Oh, this is not the same yeah. guy." I remember the first 
Killer Mike verse that I heard that I, that really took off was that uh, Bone Crusher record. So I'm outside of the club and you think I'm a pug. It had Killer Mike, Bone Crusher, and T.I. on it. No, yeah, I don't yeah. Even know I it. got a hot four fever. Call that bitch Bonita. <laughs> yeah, no, he was dead. This is way, you know, this is 10 years, 15 years before Run the Jewels. So I met, I met, uh, so like Outcast was, Outcast was like, Outcast was the next level for us. And when I was like last year of high, high school, first year of college, I think, is, and I, I want to think, I want to say Elevators, you know, uh, that, that album, whatever, ATL, AT Aliens came out when I was maybe like a junior, first year junior, first year sophomore. Mm. But that was the one that redefined everything because, and this is going to sound crazy, but I remember everyone was like, his partner's gay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they were like, Andre's gay. Like, how cool is this band that, like, you got, you got, uh, you got uh, fucking big boy. Big boy. And then, and then he's with a legit gay dude. And we're like, yeah. oh, that's so cool. And, but, I ran into, I did a show with him in uh, Cleveland. With, out with Andre? With, with Big Boy. With Big Boy, okay. Big Boy and Sleepy Brown. Yep. And uh, and I was like, if you don't think I'm meeting Big Boy, you're out oh, of your fucking mind. I'm brushing the dressing room. Dude, I, not only did I meet him, I went on, I opened for him. I went on before him and it was 20,000 people. Uh, they were not there to hear comedy. They were chanting the machine. That's all they wanted to hear. I'm like, I'm not telling the machine to 20,000 people who can't hear it. And so what I did is I just took the camera that was on me and I said, flip it to the audience. Let's see who's got great tits. And so for 15 minutes, we just went around for women flashing and big boy and his group were fucking <laughs> loving me. They're like, you're brilliant. And I was yeah. like, well, I don't know about brilliant. Yeah. And so then I met him then. Uh, I met him. I talked to him afterwards. And then the next day at the airport. When was this? This was uh oh yeah Halston, you were there oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yes oh that's right you were what yeah. a fucking icon from weird chick oh i was about to say um and then the next morning at the airport i saw him at the airport and he was um he was getting out of his car and i just went daddy fat sacks yeah and he was like huh i said lose your left foot he's like oh shit you really are a fan i was like yeah I was like, motherfucker, oh, yeah. I am your biggest fan. But Outcast for us was the one that, I mean, like, so much so, and this is going to sound horrible, I don't mean this bad, but, like, Goody Mob's first album we all listened to, and it's not, like, maybe the best album in the world. Right, <laughs> right. It's been, like, we were all listening to Goody Mob. Like, they'd have a couple hits. Um, but then T.I. was, like, when I had kids, uh, for whatever reason, I was a ride or die for T.I. So much so, me and Shane Gillis and Big J. Oakerson were, like, uh, we should invite him to do our Lawrenceville, Georgia show. Come out and do stand up. Yeah. So I was like, I'm all for it. Stand up. I don't give a fuck. People may hate on him. I don't. Not yeah. me. He, he's that good of a rapper that I'm like, for please sure. do stand up. You know. I hope two of your words rhyme in the middle of it. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that it's the reason I will never do stand up. Is you'll end up doing it once for sure. But I'll tell you why I'm afraid of it. Ti one, I think. I, humbly, I think I would crush. I think I could kill. I'll be honest. <laughs> Humbly, <laughs> but I've got a lifetime of painful white trash stories that at yeah. least I've got between you and Byrne and my friends. Yeah. I got enough Josh Wolf to help me punch it up a little, right? Yeah. But my thing is, what I try to explain to people was we're watching T.I. develop because he's a celebrity in front of the world. Yeah. So it's like what you didn't see with other guys was like you didn't see 
the six years, 10 years, however many years it was that Bert was in fucking clubs with not a cell phone recording him fucking figuring out Bert. Oh, that, but that's the, that is the, the beauty of getting successful when you've been doing comedy 20 years. Right. Is that no one sees, especially I was doing it when there weren't like cameras around. And, th- and there were at times, there's videos of me bombing. There's videos of me bombing really hard but uh <laughs> really hard really uncomfortably really uncomfortably and trust me if you saw them you'd be like, you, i look different right. you'd be like oh wow that's a young yeah but like that's the tough thing about you know uh he's he's such a celebrity like you can't you know everything you, it's not like um i think about i'm trying to think about a comic that you know what it came through in the last few years that you see Bill. I don't want to name nobody and get it fucked up, but Shane's a great example of a kid who built it. I guess at the cellar, right? Shane? Probably if I had to guess, no, right? No, Was that where he cut his teeth at? Was in Philadelphia? Yeah, like I worked with Shane back. I mean, I couldn't even tell you how long ago. There's a uh, there's a picture that'll tell you. Yeah. But I worked with Shane. But yeah, but he'll yeah. come through Nashville a few times, right? And core comedy fans will go see it. You know, there might be some clips on the internet, but nobody's Googling or looking for him. He's developed, like, I'm such a fan of comedy because of the way y'all develop your ex, right? So T.I.'s like, you can't go to, he couldn't pop up at any club Everyone anywhere. Every, immediately, you're going to watch not a phone out to, oh my God, it's T.I. to a phone out. So it's like, I think all comedians went through what he's going through. They just wasn't on TMZ for it the next morning because they were already, you know what I mean? Well, no, I mean, I, also there, I mean, I, I mean this respectfully if T I'm not the TI listens, but if he ever hears this, the respectful part is uh there is I don't know the right way to say this without sounding bad. But there's an arrogance when you're a celebrity that you know what you're doing because you did the magic trick of becoming a celebrity. So like there's a I mean this respectfully, but there's an arrogance to TI that as hard as he works to get rid of it, it's still gonna be there a little bit right because he's so one of the best like when that whole versus thing was going down and he was telling everyone no i'll put my catalog against anyone's i'm a ti fan he's not fucking around no he's got his catalog you forget how fucking deep his catalog is he said what did he say to to 50 cent i'll make you look like nelly yeah and 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 you're like and and i'm i was by the way when he said that i i was working with a hip-hop artist yeah one of the really good hip hop artists, and we were having conversations about how deep Ti's catalog goes. So when you have a catalog that deep, when you go into stand up, and you're best friends with Dave Chappelle, and and he treats you the same respect, and there's gonna be like a, a like a, that shit's funny. Fuck you guys. Whereas when you're young and you're nobody, there is a humility that you need to learn how to be funny. There's a humility you need to learn how to respect, and then you need to learn, you need to earn the arrogance of going, no, 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 what I'm saying is funny and I'm sticking to this. I just got to rework it, you know? Like, so like, uh, so I'll give you a perfect example. When I first started stand-up comedy, I had a joke about, uh, that, that ended up working on a special. It's not the most brilliant joke, I know, I'm, I'm, but, but I'm going to tell you. I said I had, I'm not homophobic, I'm a homochondriac. Yes. Uh, and I thought that was the joke would stand alone. I knew it was funny, but I didn't know that it. I didn't know what it could be, and I and I and I just dropped it. And I was like, never mind, it doesn't work. Right. And then when I got older, I was like, oh, it's just got to be quicker. I'm not homophobic. I, it needs to be a subset of a joke. Uh, I'm telling you a bigger joke, and go. I know what you're thinking. 
he's a homophobic. I'm not homophobic. I'm a homochondriac. I'm not afraid that you're gay. I'm afraid that I'm gay. And I'm, I'm, you'll fuck me and I'll like it. Was that on yeah, Secret yeah, Time? Yeah, or yeah, it was on Secret Time. Okay, yeah. it was such a good fucking yeah. joke. And so, and so, but what you need to do is be humble enough to go, I know that that doesn't work. We're going to have to put it back here. And then one day you need to be arrogant enough to know, fuck you, that works, and I'm going to make it work. Louis C.K.'s, not to put words in Louis' mouth, but he was the one that said he got good enough, once again, this is paraphrasing, he got good enough to be able to go back to his old joke books and figure out how to make those jokes work. And, and when you start as one of the best rappers ever as a comic, it's very hard to find that humility to go, yeah, you're right, you guys are right. Because they... You've already got that arrogance as a rapper. You guys are right. right. Um, that shit isn't funny. Fuck me. I, by the way, I haven't seen him work. Maybe yeah. he's like the most humble dude in the world. Yeah. But like, I just, I just think because he can't do it privately, is that it's he, impo- it's, He's it's not so going to be able to work it out that way. Because so what hard, I love about just, comedy, you're just performing in front of fans at that point, and they're going to give you opportunities. They're going to give you lever. It's, it's why I, why I do like a residency at the store in the belly room and and don't promote it is so that people that don't know me go there and then i can w- find out stuff is really funny it's really landing no it's, and that's what so i love about what Rock. y'all do yeah. is that y'all actually work and try to figure the end you'll have an idea and it'll miss and you'll be like i like the idea though maybe there's another approach there's Dude, another way i'm stuck on y'all this i'm stuck on the story i'm stuck on the story and i and i um at the point where i go i know this story is gonna work i don't have an end for it i know that every night i go i gotta go on stage i gotta tell that story i know that i don't have an end for it i know that one day my heels will be in the ground like Omaha Beach, and I will I'll be forced to have the courage to find it at some point. That's a bad example, Omaha Beach. I just re- re- listened to a documentary about it. But like, <laughs> but like, but I, I but it's it's really hard to start stand up when you're famous. Right. It's very, very, very difficult. And I and dare I say, and, and I don't mean to, you know, dare I say it is a very special person that will start stand up as a famous person and be better than someone who started as a nobody that had the 20 years of 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 proper training anonymously and struggle and and bombing when no one saw it and and being able to rebound because it was in an anonymity yeah. it's so fucking difficult that only a few people can do it it's, and it's, it's been it's, it's it's been done we're watching it happen but it's but it's not it's few and far between it's solely the reason that i I feel the same way about music. Oh, right, without a doubt. Did 100%. anyone did anyone ever hear Dane Cook's single? Oh, it's, it was the one time he put out a single, not that bad. But man, because he's a famous comedian, people were like, "Nuh-uh." You, it's just well, it goes back to this. I've wrote fucking two thousand songs. Yeah, so it's like by nature. You know, I don't have 20. That's why I, I always joke. And everybody's like, you should do comedy. I was like, I don't have 20 years to give to it. I've already picked the thing to put my 20 years into. I don't have 20 years to give away. The way I'm treating this liver and this heart, it's not going to go that way anyways, <laughs> right? So it's like, you know, I just need to ride the pony I'm winning on and yeah. have the ball. It's summertime. The days are hot and the grill's going. It's the perfect time for enjoying wine with friends and family. I wouldn't mind a glass of wine tonight. I shouldn't, but I want one. That's what summer makes you feel like. Did you know that summer heat and sunlight can spoil your wine and your good times if it's not properly stored? Now's the time to get those bottles out of the boxes and off your countertops and protect them with the wine fridge from Wine Enthusiast. Wine Enthusiast designs and offers the largest selection of wine coolers for every drinker, every budget, every size collection from six bottles 
to 600 bottles. Plus, expert wine storage consultants are available by phone to help you find the right fit for all you need. Wine Enthusiast is the premier destination for the wine lifestyle, offering an incredible selection of unique wine accessories, glassware, furniture, wine storage, gifts, and more. Don't miss Wine Enthusiast 4th of July Wine Cellar and Furniture Sale. Save up to 25% on wine cellars and fine furniture now through July 4th. Visit WineEnthusiast.com or text BERT to 511-511. Text BERT, B-E-R-T, to 511-511. That's text BERT, B-E-R-T, to 511-511 today. Certain exclusions may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text fees may apply. Text STOP to opt out. Chill out all summer long with dad grass because it's too nice to be couch locked. Ain't that the truth? They'll mellow you out while keeping your head clear and ease away the stress of the day. Dadgrass is legal organic hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Dadgrass CBD products are made with 100% organic hemp. That's easy to dose and effects come on smooth. They offer a variety of products from their token smokable pre-roll joints as well as hemp flower and variety CBD tincture drops. Enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping your head clear. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over and ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Go to dadgrass.com slash Bert. God, that makes me proud to be a part of this. <laughs> Go to dadgrass.com slash Bert to check out their products. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash Bert. Go to dadgrass.com slash Bert for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash Bert. So I'll tell you what I told my daughter. She plays the piano and plays guitar. And we were talking one night and I said, Bailey, I need to tell you something. It's going to be hard for you to hear. And she took this really well. I said, I can write a thousand songs with you, but I can't write them for you. Because if I could, I already did. I wrote 2,000 songs. I got 1,000 to give away. Yeah. I got 1,000 songs that never made it on any project to give away. Wow, this is a great this is a great conversation. Keep going. Yeah, so it's like I got 1,000 songs to give away. Like, um, It's like a, you talked about it one time. You called, um, maybe it was Stan Hope. And you're like, what are you doing? He's like, write knock-knock jokes. Yeah. I write a song a day, Bert. Whether I do something with it, record it, anything. At some point in the day, I'll at least write an idea. Mm -hmm. A day, every yep. single day. And I tell Bailey all the time, I'm like, Bailey, that is the, it goes back to the comedian thing. I'm like, Bailey, these people have been in these nightclubs 10, 15 years, three, five nights a week, sometimes six, seven, when they're really young and going after it. That's what they do. Just trying to find a way to make people laugh and figure out, just like I had to find my singing voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the exact same concept. It's like, that's the thing is that is T.I. willing to dedicate you can't just pop up on a friday yeah and crush you know what i mean because you know unless you're coming in there and singing you know fucking uh whatever she likes in mid-set you know it's not gonna work you know it was uh, you you said something about that when you go i you know i you're talking to your daughter i've written ten thousand songs i can't I, I can write a song for you you need to learn how to write them mm. that's the thing is the is I compare it to that song. Do you remember when you were a kid? We or that game. When we were kids, we play a game. I don't know if everyone played it, but you'd 
It was like maybe in high school, someone would be like, I'm going camping and I'm bringing a tennis racket. Mm. What are you bringing? And then someone would go, I'm going camping and I'm bringing a hockey. They're like, no, you can't go. What are you bringing? And you go around and you had to figure out the algorithm for the game. Do you remember that game as a kid? They used to, it was, it was like, there was a trick. Like uh, whatever you were bringing had to, had to have five letters. So that would be the thing. So then mm. someone would go, I'm bringing a dot, 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 dot with five letters or whatever. And you go, you can go camping. What are you bringing? But you had to hear enough of them to figure it out. And by the, the first round, you couldn't figure it out. The second round, you couldn't figure it out. The, it was like the 10th round when you wanted to give up, but all of a sudden you saw the algorithm and you went, oh, Halston, type in the I'm going camping game. And so that's what stand-up's like, is I can, my, my buddy John's, John Manns is my cameraman. He can't tell a story to save his life. I'm never going to teach him how my brain works to hear a story, to know the important parts, to know the part that is engaging. Right. He has one, he has some of the most fascinating stories about, he met Richard Branson one time, randomly, randomly. If he tells you the story, it's 15 minutes long, and you're so bored within the five, first five minutes that he never gets to the Richard Branson part. So but I, but I, the, for whatever reason, in in... In my 10,000 work hours of telling stories, I can hear your story and go, oh, I, I know the peaks of this. I know it needs to be said early so that you can pay off at the end. I know how to just, can I just, and I said to him one time, can I just tell you your story? And, and then you tell it, like, that's how you should tell it when you tell it. Right. And he's like, please, because he wants the story to get laid, right? And I was, right. Like, I, was like, I was like, let me help you, man. Like, let me show you. But you, you got to spend those 10,000 hours playing the game to figure out the algorithm, to figure out the thing. And, and that's what is beautiful about Doug Stanhope. Doug Stanhope spent 20,000 hours. So when I go to Stanhope with a joke, he can very quickly go, well, why are you telling this part? Right. And you're like, mm. or he can say, you know what you should do? And, you know, Doug Stanhope and, and Dave Attell and all the greats, they'll give it to you in a riddle where you got to figure it out for yourself. They're not going to just fucking give you the punchline. They're like, well, I don't know. Like, I remember... She, uh, I was sitting with a great comic one time and I said, man, this joke isn't working. They were like, well, this story isn't working. And they're like, have you thought about telling some jokes inside it? And I went, oh, you just forget about it <laughs> right. sometimes. Yeah. Do you see how? Because the story's so good. You have one player is designated as the trip organizer. The trip organizer has to come up with a secret rule regarding the item that people can bring to the trip. Here's some examples. Item starts with a certain letter. So if you go, I'm going camping, I'm going to bring a tennis racket. What do you bring in? And the guy goes, I don't know, football. And you, go, you can't go. What do you bring in? And then the guy goes, I don't know, uh, uh, a baseball game? And can't go. What do you bring in? And the guy goes, toothpaste? He's like, you can go. And everyone's yeah. like, why can he go? It was a tennis racket. Uh, so that's the game. We used to play it as kids. Yeah. Uh, that's I, actually a great analogy. It's a great analogy for songwriting, too. Yeah, but it's like. It's so, look, so that's why I, that's why I love comedy, by I, the way. I wanted to the write. The comparison of songwriting and comedy to me is so similar. I wanted to write a song. So I wanted to write, I wanted to write sincere music that is comedic in nature because I'm so bad at writing sincere music. <laughs> like I was, that was like one of my white whales when I first started. Cause right. I, I started as a guitar act in college. I would play guitar at fraternity parties and it would murder, but it was all like pink houses by John Cougar Mellencamp. Cause the, the setup, the, the framing of that yeah. was so rhymy. Mm -hmm. um, I could not for the life of me crack the code of, of sincerity meaning something mm. my sincerity always came out as 
someone trying to be sincere and you're like did he just say date rape in this song <laughs> was she raped what yeah. the fuck <laughs> like, oh, yeah. the, it's kind of like the why is that in the story yeah um you know what songwriting is and i'll give you this analogy because it's your analogy of storytelling once you know where the song ends yeah getting there so easy that's by the way that's the same as storytelling right exactly once so you like, once you know the you end of that. your story once you know the rest of it's just spicing it up yeah so it's like once i know what the payoff is what my punchline is yeah so to speak in y'all's world it's like okay and then sometimes there's the occasional thing and i don't know if this happened to comedy or not i've been wanting to talk about this with you for years is that sometimes in songwriting it's like there's the payoff and you know where the payoff is. So it's just kind of finding the funniest way to get there. For me, the most, the most melodic and telling the, the telling a great story or making evoking emotion on the way to the payoff. And then sometimes the melody itself is so strong that it can carry itself. Right. So you're yeah. just in a place where you're like, it's not that it doesn't matter what I say here, but I don't have to be as thoughtful of the payoff. Because the the journey is so beautiful. Okay, okay. So, so this is a that's a perfect analogy. So I had a joke. I had a joke that I did in Hey Big Boy uh, about uh, going to Starbucks. Just to, hold on, stop. That is in my top ten bits ever. Thank you. I've got a top ten for the record. I'll yeah. share them with you later. But I have a top ten everything in life. I'm that guy. But thank you, thank you. So I didn't. I didn't need, I didn't need everything I said to the barista. I didn't need to be the funniest thing you ever heard. I just needed it to be funny enough to get me to the end because it's all a misdirect. I want you to get lost in the, that's not the funniest thing in the world, but the idea is that I laugh at my own jokes. There's so many misdirects inside there, but I want to get to that's the reason that's what's wrong with cream, right? That's that what's was, wrong. With that's cream. where you fucked me up. That was the payoff. So the that's the payoff, right? World, that was, yeah. Ooh. I remember getting a comment online. I've, 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 uh, I have, by the way, no longer looked at comments, especially <laughs> about my work. But I remember getting a comment online, and the guy goes, "This guy sucks. These are that is just Reddit jokes." And I went, "That is a guy who's dumber than he'll ever know." He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, not realizing he didn't listen to the whole joke. He tapped out. He's so stupid that he actually didn't listen to the joke. He thought the joke was what I said to the guy about how I take my coffee. That's the myth. And I went, oh, that's the guy you want to lose in the joke. The dumbest guy in the, the dumbest guy on Reddit who's like, see this on the internet. And you're like, no, you haven't. And then, and then, uh, and, but, but some, the, and, and then that's the thing. Once you get the end, then at, it's almost like um, I, I want the perfect analogy for this. I want the perfect analogy because I know it's there. I know it's there. I just don't know what it is. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, skinning an animal. I mean, we we skinned a, a buffalo one time in 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 crow territory, and it seemed so overwhelming to me until they got the skin off and they we had to we had to we had to uh process the whole animal right once they got the skin off then you were like oh i think i start to see the cuts of meat so once you get that end then you can see the cuts of meat you have in that joke and then you can go oh like i just 
I can't tell you the joke. Oh, I can tell you the joke. You just got to edit it out. That had no ending, but it had so much good stuff in the middle. The problem is, all the good stuff in the middle doesn't matter to me because I know I got nothing at the end. The fucking machine story. This is a perfect the example. Boom. The machine story. I thought I had the end. I thought the end was uh, tonight you party with us. I thought that would be the big end. It wasn't. The audience tells you what the end is. The audience will go, Meh, you know, and then what happens? And you're like, huh? You're like, and then what happened? You're like, fuck, I did, it's over. And they'll be like, oh, but did you party with them? And I was like, well, yeah, I ended up. And then I was like, now I'm telling another story. It wasn't until I got the fuck that bitch, this is Russia, yeah. that I knew I now have an end of the story. And that that day, I can tell you the day, I can tell you what I was looking at. I was looking at a houseplant on the Columbus Funny Bone stage when I figured out the fuck that bitch, this is Russia. Once you have that, you go, oh, this joke's done. Now I just got to cinch up the middle, pull out, like almost like shake it, and all that loose shit falls out. And you're like, okay, now I can just push it together, and now we have a story. Yeah. I, I love, so I think songwriting's, the, the Starbucks joke for me, this is why it did it for me, and it got in my top 10, because I I really do have a top 10. The American Dream by George Carlin is my first one. Oh, yeah. I just think that bit's so powerful and <laughs> yeah. so funny, oh, right? Yeah. Doug Stanhope's, I used to open my show with this. Doug Stanhope's, I don't, whatever, the, the, the bit about, uh, I, don't, I don't count on, I don't count on not drinking to have a good time. If I get up here too fucked up, you know, whatever. You know, yeah. remember that? I don't yeah. do the bit because I butcher it, but I literally used to play that. Right before I walked on stage for people like who I don't count on, you know, fuck, it's yeah. your fault if I fuck. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> such a good thing for so it's it's a personal top five to me because of that. I but, got a Doug Stanhope, my favorite joke. My favorite joke is him calling uh, have you heard the new it's on his new album where he calls uh customer support in in uh Syria or whatever? Yes. Oh. And that's my favorite. That that I watched him tell that probably four years ago at the store, and it was so great to hear, and I respected Doug, but to hear a hacky premised joke done brilliantly yes and he figured it out oh it's the best you just made me realize that my top 10 might be my top 10 comedians and just my favorite bit of theirs yeah, but for yeah. you with the starbucks it was because songwriting the melody was so beautiful i didn't expect to pay off uh, right because the melody of the joke in my world was like this is fucking great and if he does anything so, with it so you know the melody yeah is, yeah the med melody is a stolen melody it's like a beatles riff right is you know the melody is guy walks into a bar. Right. That's why the melody works. Guy walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, man, why? Uh, I don't know. Guy leaves. Next day, guy walks into the same bar. The melodies, and that's based off of Stanhope saying to me, that's all based off of Stanhope going, I'm writing knock-knock jokes. We're as funny as those, as those guys, right? How come we can't write guy walks into a bar? So I tried. I tried desperately to write guy walks into a bar jokes. Guy walks into a bar. Guy walks into a bar. Guy walks into a bar fucking beating myself up because that's the fun the light bulb just went off in my head now where you got that from because in the joke you said i was up all night writing jokes for this person. yeah because i'm just got i dead ass got goosebumps dude, dude i can't because it just hit me where that came because i looked at it from song I'm, i on jesus christ i've got goosebumps dude i get the because i was i i looked at it like the melody because in the music to a melody like i'm in it it's flowing so well. I didn't know if it had a payoff. I didn't care. Maybe it went back to Joe Rogan somehow because that's kind of how it started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Tom. I was like, I didn't know, but I was just so lost in the melody of it that I was like, and then when he was like, and there was two, and at that moment I was like, ha, this is finna turn. You just get that moment <laughs> yeah, as a fan where yeah. you're like, this is fixing to go somewhere I didn't think I was going to go. And in my world, it's like um, when somebody writes a song, 
and the title leads you to believe it's something. And all the way to the course, you think it's something. And then it's not that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Say that again one more time. So, like, um, the title leads you to believe it's something. Right. So, like, Jimmy Allen just dropped an album, good friend of my country yeah. guy. He's got an album. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher because I only heard it once, but it's called uh, Habits and Heart Heartbreaks or something. And I was like, I get it. This is going to be like a play on the word of like breaking a habit or breaking your heart. Okay, whatever. And then his tagline ended up being habits are harder to break than hearts sometimes. Oh, I, like I just that. watched it happen yeah, to you yeah, too, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah, it yeah, seemed yeah. like this That's is right. obviously right. what yeah. it's going to be. By the way, a lot of bad habits have broken the good hearts. <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> so it's like when he did it, I was like, I oh, was listening fuck. skeptically like, yeah, dude, I'm fucking, yeah. I was like, there's no way that I'm not going to like, yeah, habits and hearts. I'm like, there's no way that I'm, you know, I knew immediately there's going to be a break in here because habits, heart breaks, broken bones, you know, but I didn't know. And then the way he did it was like, mm. And the yeah. other one is like your melody of a joke is uh, I wish grandpa's never died by Riley Green. You ever heard this song? No. You want to cry? Listen to it. And it's called I wish grandpa's never died. So the whole song, you're like, I know what this payoff is. There's yeah. no way he, unless this turns into a funny song. Yeah. <laughs> he says some morbid shit. This is going to be sad. And it didn't matter that I knew. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I knew it was back to the beauty of your melody. When I go back to the early part, when I was like, sometimes the melody is so beautiful, it doesn't matter. It's like the melody of that joke was so beautiful to me. I knew that the joke was going to be a, a racist bait. Like, you knew what the setup was. It was the yeah. kicker and a pussy joke by Dave Chappelle, right? Like, fucking the most genius. Like, I know what's coming, but I'm still like, what's it I didn't even do? know it was coming. That's why I loved it, is I didn't know it was, it was like, it's, so this is a bad analogy, but it's like, it's what made Dave matthews to me so good and i know people shit on dave matthews i saw him recently he looks amazing he played the hits and he had fun on stage and mm. i went all right let me be that guy let yes. me be that guy let me be that guy forever i don't give a fuck yeah uh, and but what was great about is him is that he would change direction so quickly in a song that and that's what i love about kicker and the pussy mm. is that that was what that was almost like uh that was like uh, a Dave, Dave, a Dave Matthews song for me, where it's like, and then I kicked her in the pussy. I told you I was dope, son. Yeah. Like it's, it, but I, I love that it just changed direction. The melody of comedy is the is recognizable at times. It's why everyone steals uh, people's rhythm. Like right. David tells melody, his rhythm is is. Uh, hey, I mean, I, I didn't wasn't until I worked with David Tell recently that I go even at forty nine, I've got hints of a tell still in my act. Me and Segura say it all the time. It was like, I, 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 every, I, every joke you'd write, you go, I want them to recognize this as a joke. So you go, you know what cops hate? When you touch their faces. Like, mm. it's almost like Dave Attell told us how to do it. Right. Mitch Hedberg. All right. Yeah. I mean, you hear Hedberg and so many people, Dane Cook, so many people stole the melody of these comics. These comics that found out, found a rhythm that worked for them and then people would just rip it off and it's it's the hardest part about comedy and, and this is why when we talk about ti we go where i bet i i wonder if from hip-hop he already has his rhythm down but you got to figure out your it's a own whole different pocket it's and, and you got to figure out how to tell things in different rhythms I remember, it's a whole different kind of storytelling too i am I, I compare they're so similar in the concept of how they're put together but it's so different as far as it's 
the payoff alone is insane to me because sometimes we can say the most obvious thing. You always have to say the least obvious thing or say the most obvious thing at the least obvious time. Yeah. That's interesting you say that. Is that, is that yeah, a real assessment? Like I yeah. said, I'm not a, you know, I'm, this is, I'm, and the cool part about talking to you about this is you're just a music nerd that played a little, I mean, a comedy nerd that played a little fucking music when you were a kid or whatever, yeah. a music nerd that tells jokes. I'm just a comedy nerd that fucking writes songs. I don't know anything about the true dynamics of I, comedy except for I'm a fucking huge fan of comedy. I wish I still had the one song I wrote that was so remarkably bad that any time people heard it, they got the greatest laugh of their life because they convinced me it was good. And so then they'd have me play it and then they had to hold a straight face as I played it. And they would go, and that's the best laugh you can ever get. The greatest laugh is not wanting to laugh at something that is truly hilarious. And I wrote a song called, uh, uh, I think it was called Mary Margaret. And it was so bad. I wonder who would, I wonder who would remember that. I, I mean, it was so bad. I played it for uh, Mark Tremonti, uh, the guitarist for Creed, and he had to, if I remember correctly, he had to bite his inner lip from not laughing. But they would have me play it, and they go, "No, Bert, play us your hit." <laughs> and it was so fucking bad. <laughs> it was so bad. But I, because I couldn't help, I can't help but point out. I think I'm so awkward sometimes in life. I can't help but notice the awkward thing and think that's all. Perfect example. Perfect example. I am the guy who would write a song about drinking a gallon of Kool-Aid, thinking we all drink a gallon of Kool-Aid. <laughs> and everyone would sit there and go, you're the only one that drinks Kool-Aid, For buddy. Sure. Yeah, especially a gallon of it at a time. Yeah, yeah. We got to get you on as a guest bear. We got to get you on a guest bear. I'd be I, honored. I, w I wonder if... I wonder if um, What's your, what's your schedule look like? Pull, can you pull up his schedule? Are you how, how hard are you touring right now? Uh, we're pretty heavy in September. I'm off in all of August though. I got a whole August off, which is I'm all I'm rare off all of me. August too. Oh, dope! Yo, we should write a song. By the way, I I you don't think I was thinking of that all yeah. day? Yeah, I, I, I have, Anytime, here's the, the next problem. time we get together, let's just get together an hour before and we'll just, okay. just come up with a concept. Here's the problem. Uh, let's do this. Let's do this. We'll do. We can just do this podcast again. We we can do we can do two bears. Two bears problem is it shoots out of either austin or sometimes la but okay. i can do this anywhere yeah so like i can come to nashville to find you yep, and we can sure. do it there and we can just i'm also our... down to come to austin just so you know i have bag and will travel yeah we can do... this is by far shameless plug here the most exposure i've ever gotten in my life was theo's podcast oh theo's is that you want to talk about a great songwriter Theo's, I mean, or joke writer. What am I saying? Yeah. Fucking Jesus. Yeah. I was like, fuck, yeah, Theo yeah. never told me. No, like, I just seen him yesterday. I got very lucky. I will say this. I don't know if Theo's agrees with this. He very well may not. I got very lucky, and I feel like I was that first generation of comic that got to witness how smart he was. Because Theo, like T.I., was coming into it off of the heels of some fame already. Right, right. And so, but Theo, man, is, is, is when we talk about the anomalies of people who, came in famous and figured out comedy and, and do it well theo is that one of those guys and i when we did reality bites back i got to witness like how funny this dude i mean i remember thinking he might be the funniest guy i've ever met in my life on stage and off stage off stage he's so quick he's so but he's so, weird. But he's so unique 
that I see the clip of him going viral right now that goes, uh, my favorite kind of marijuana was cocaine. cocaine. Yeah. And you're like, that's Theo's brain. Yeah. He's no. fucking great. He's always looking for it till you see it in his eyes. Like when you're yeah. talking to him, he's always looking for the goo. He's a, he's a genius, man. So wait, so this is, you're on tour in July. What's yeah, tailgate? See how August opens up to the end of August. You would love a tailgate. You're doing the Brandon Amphitheater in, what, in August? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm playing a lot of the spots that y'all just played. We're doing a lot of sheds. My next show down here will be in October, and we're doing the um, Honda Center, I guess. Yeah, right really? there, October 8th. I'm on tour. Wait, what, what day is that? I'm not sure. I'll tell you, I'm on tour pretty fucking aggressively. I'll I tell you the my... one that's going to mean the most, and I know you're probably booked because it's a big Friday. But tell that me. December the 9th of 2022, that's the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. That's our fucking arena. That's it's big. I'm doing Red Rocks. It's almost sold out. Where, where, where By the way, if rocks? anybody on here wants to help finish that for me and give me my first rock, because Bert's got two of the rocks now, right? You got two of the rocks? I got one rock. Uh, you played it twice, right? No, I played play it again in September. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. going to get two rocks? Yeah. I'm going to well, get my second rock. The first one was opening for Tech 9 Love you, Tech. Hey, by the way, Tech 9 can I tell you what's brilliant about Tech 9 and, and I know that you and him were supposed to do a tour. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I was sitting there telling someone, I wish I could invest in like hydration therapy. He's already invested in it. No. He, he is. He's like. He's like a smart. He's like a fucking all. Travis O'Gwen. Him and Travis O'Gwen. Not to take nothing from Tech because Tech's a genius too. But Travis O'Gwen is a mentor of mine that owned that started Strange Music with Tech. Is yeah. one of the smartest, most savvy business dudes you will ever talk to in your life. If you're ever in Kansas City and just want to have a drink with somebody who will blow your mind, this dude is a close to a billionaire. I really? mean, he owns is that who did the hydration therapy? City. I'm sure it was. I'm, I can promise you, if Tech put some money in something, Travis. The last time, every time I've got there, like, hey, do you want Tech Nine to get a drip with you? And I was like, yeah. wait, what? And they're like, yeah, Tech Nine does trips. And I was like, I tried to get a drip on the way here. Oh. I went to Rejuve. Oh yeah, yeah, horrible experience. You missed the van. It was. Did you I get? Got, did you end up getting one? No, it was a horrible, horrible experience across the board. But oh, we had a taco and felt better. We we had the funniest thing. So thing about this i'll just say it we went to the rainbow room to celebrate kimmel so they put the kimmel on the rainbow room tv last night yeah. after i left shop now keep in mind i started drinking at four yeah probably never be allowed back because of this but eh, edit this out so we end up doing rails of cocaine on the bar at the rainbow room wait edit this out this is the best part of the podcast <laughs> okay leave it fuck it so we're like we're doing rails of coke the whole band is there our whole crew because it was like you know, an 18 person production to do all yeah, this yeah, shit. Yeah. You know, so you know how you know more than anybody. So it's a big deal. We're all in LA together. Fucking, we're watching Kimmel. We're just hitting, I mean, on the bar, not like behind the bar, not beside the bar. <laughs> I mean, we're just laying them out, little fucking little gator tails. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're just partying and drinking. And I knew you'd had a tooth pulled. Yeah. So I was already like, I don't think I'm going to catch Bird tomorrow. Cause I would have totally understood, by the way, you doing this is so gangster. And no, I was like, I- so I'm laying there this morning thinking i'm dying of course right i know that feeling when you can't see more than four inches in front of your nose everything's yeah. right there and you're like oh. yeah no and i and the phone's flashing and i look and it's andrew and i'm like yes i'm calling to cancel it's about 11 30 this is the cancel hour andrew cool hey what's up man we're on one o'clock i'm <laughs> shooting you the address right then i panic and text my brother and go uh i don't want to say where your spot is but i'm yeah. like Find an IV spot right near this address <laughs> right now. I was like, we're going straight there. And I thought I was like, 
because my, my 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 fear was like I knew you might be on an antibiotic, so I was like I I, I didn't feel too bad to get an IV. Yeah. But if you didn't end up on an antibiotic and I walked in, you was like, let's shoot a shot. And I was like, yeah. we're finna get day drunk. Fuck, yeah. I need to be. I, I, got... I, 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 the, I was working out. I worked out this morning because I wanted to fee- see how I felt. Yeah. Like just moving around. Cause he said, he goes, you're going to have a lot of pain just moving your head around. And my, I was felt fine. I worked out this morning and I was like, I was like, man, I think I might get fucked up tonight. And Leanne's <laughs> like, you're on antibiotics, dickhead. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but you can get a little fucked up, right? She's yeah. like no she's like you've put so much hurt on your liver allow it to process antibiotics yeah so i was like all right i was like okay then this builds up for the next time we hang out yeah i was like and we'll do it like a we'll do a a later in the day one fucking open up the windows smoke some blunts fucking really have fun just talk write a song i like that write a song i want to write a song in fact i want to write too i want to write one where we goof like me and shoals did yeah and i want to write a serious one. Oh, i want by the the flip side of it is you can always have the goof one in your bag if you want to break it out and i'll sing the serious one and we'll we won't tell people we wrote it until after it's out i say we write two serious ones and pick they can pick which one I wrote and which one you wrote. Yes, dude, One's I'm telling gonna, you. One, the catch line is, and I can't find my sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it would be dope if we wrote a really dope, good song, and then I sang it. And dude, then, then when so people we, are like, yo, that shit's dope, I'm like, you won't believe I wrote that with Bert Cross. So wait, They're so like, wait, no fucking way. Do you, ever, do you ever listen to, everyone's going to fucking lose their minds in their car and go, shut the fuck up, Bert. Do you ever listen to Wilco? Yes. Okay, you ever listen to Red Eyes Blue? Yes. That's what, Okay, can you just play that real quick? <laughs> can, I, can I tell you, this is my favorite... I can listen to this over, uh, over and over and over again. This one, this one hook in this song. Where's this? Is this? Do we have to put on headsets, Austin? Is this? Is this acoustic? Oh my God! I wish I was at this show. Oh, that guy's. This is before they broke up. He was so cute as a young guy. I love this, this, this line right here is my favorite line in any song right now. This is when he was using, I think. If I get the time travel, I'm going. Yeah, that it's on the side of a fucking mountain. If I get the time travel, I'm going right there. I'm going to that fucking find that date, mark that date for me. So if I ever get to time travel, I get to go to that show. But I love, I love, I love. I don't have the ability to be as sincere 
for some reason I was given a weird face and body that when I try to be <laughs> sincere, you want to laugh. Right. Like everything. Like, that's why I've only had sex with six people. Women. I don't want to say people. Women. <laughs> Women. Because because I when I go to kiss, it's still funny. Right. Like I remember the first time I kissed Leanne. She, she was. I kissed with my eyes open. Right. And she just went, your eyes are open. And I yeah. was like, yours are too. She was like, huh? And I was like, what? I don't, what do you mean? Do you not kiss with your eyes open? And she's like, no, it's kind of creepy. You just like stare. And I go, yeah, what do you, do you close your eyes? She's like, yeah, close your eyes. I was like. Have you always done that? Or did yeah, you miss my whole early? Life, my whole life. I did just, you miss early one time with your eyes closed? with was like, never again. I'm watching all the way in. Oh, I missed the other night. In the yeah. dark, I tried to kiss her in the dark and fucking had her nose in my mouth. And I went, oh. Uh, blah, blah, blah. That happens yeah. all the time with me. My poor wife is blind. <laughs> she can't see shit. She's like the blind person walking around like this. You know, it squints. You could literally walk in a room right now and she'd wave at you. And I'd be like, and, I, and I'll whisper to her, baby, that's Bert. She'd be like, oh, Bert. And she'll be like all excited because she don't know who's oh. walking in. It's so bad. Yeah, I want to write. We're going to write. We'll write two songs next time we get It'll together. It'll be dope. We'll do. This is what we'll do. We'll do an evening. Yeah. We'll do early evening so we can go out. Yeah. So we'll do early evening. Then we'll go out to like the store or something. Go somewhere like maybe go to the Rainbow Room. Yes. I can't do coke. My cardiologist has yeah. already kiboshed that. I can't do neither. I didn't do it last <laughs> night. They were I, doing it. I was not. I called. <laughs> I, I called. I texted my cardiologist on the CSI or the the Cedars app one time, and yeah. I was like, "Hey, man, uh, quick question: uh, Does Molly affect my blood pressure medicine? And is my blood pressure okay enough to do cocaine?" Yeah. And he went, "I cannot, as your cardiologist, say that you can do either of these. The answer is no. And also, stop taking Xanax." <laughs> so yeah, here's my tequila story. Okay, I went into atrial fibrillation in 2017. Heart went that's, out of rhythm. That's what. Wait, how does that happen? Well, just random. It's, it goes from sinus rhythm out. Sometimes it just palpitates and just snaps out of its normal rhythm. So normally, it's associated with palpitations, like when your heart feels like it goes. And then goes back into rhythm every now and then. You ever have your heart kind of hold out for a second? No. Like I don't it's know. taking I a didn't breath. I didn't know this was possible. Oh, sorry. New fear unlocked. Oh, fuck. fuck. I'm I will so, be in bad. Text me. I'll let you know if it's real. So, but um, I was having a, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I went to go see my card. They had to cardioverted it back into rhythm. You mean and, clear? Yeah. No, they like put you down and then they kind of like, I, I think it's something like that. But they do something like they put you to sleep and it's real fast and very painless. But, um. Still very scary. Really scary. And when I came out of it, first of all, I dropped 200 pounds in like five months immediately. Really? True story. And gained most of it back over COVID. I'm losing again, though. I just hired George Lockhart to live with me. I pick him up tomorrow. Who's George Lockhart? George Lockhart. Joe Rogan. I can't wait to tell Joe this when I finally meet him because Joe's how I first heard of George. Joe did all of Conor McGregor's weight cuts, all of Tyson Fury's last four or oh, five really? fights. He is like the most prominent nutritionist on earth. He is the oh wait, I he know is this the guy. king of making people make weight in the UFC. Conor McGregor, Max Holloway, Habib Nurmagomedov, Daniel Cormier when he used to cut down to 205. All I can think of is how much fun it would be to live with him and sneak behind his back and eat. Well, I do that. <laughs> but the cool thing is I don't have to sneak behind his back to drink because he adds that in. He like works that out with me oh, but for real? Yeah, so i'm losing weight now but <laughs> anyways i get cardioverted and i go see my my cardiologist and who's become a friend of mine sadly but i go listen man hey by the way 
good cardiologists are. Yeah, right? Yeah. Especially for guys like us. By the way, not the amount of business I brought to my cardiologist, every comic goes to my cardiologist. Oh, dude. No, for sure. Me too. Yeah. I've sent every musician in Nashville, <laughs> my wife, everybody. He's got... The number one thing, anyone listening to this podcast right now, <sighs> if you, there is a history of stroke or heart attack in your family, get a cardiologist tomorrow. Yes. The only thing they will tell you is good news. For because sure. any news that you get at this point while you walk into that office is good news. For sure. Yeah. And they'll look for markers to help you yeah like you know that my dude will set me straight if something's off so i'm sitting down with him it's like a good iv guy right justin williams body works franklin tennessee is my guy when you come to nashville i'm sure you got a guy in nashville well, let me no, send you my guy he is the guy he does kid rock he does vince neal he does you name it he does all of everybody in country music okay nashville. he's he's our guy he's the guy and between him and my cardiologist i know i'm always i get i get my blood work done every three months i take it's my health seriously i'm losing weight i got george there i know somebody in the comments can be like we want to see julie live like they do you all the time fuck you and your mom i got off codeine and cocaine kiss my ass i'm doing better but <laughs> i fucking go to the cardiologist right man we are so similar we are so fucking similar <laughs> I, we are so fucking similar go fuck yourself i knew go fuck happened. yourself yeah. hey you're not my wife you're not my wife you're not my best friend yeah for don't sure. talking say a word you I'm, just see what i give you on Fuck you. Oh, yeah, my God. Sure. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, dude, trust me, I am. And it's like, I learned losing the weight the last time. I'm. That's why I brought George in. Last time, I just crash dieted and lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to lose it right with George. Yeah. But I go to my cardiologist, Bert, and he's like, look, you got to quit drinking. And I look him straight in the eye and go, that's, a, that's the only hill I'll die on. I'll quit everything else you tell me to quit right now. Molly's gone. Everything's gone. You tell me to quit it, Doc. I'm done with it today. Except for occasionally, right? I'm like, but for the most part, I'll be yeah. a better man, I swear to God. You know, he's like, he said, let me talk to you in the hallway. He goes out in the hallway. And I don't know why he did this. I still think it's funny. He walks out in the hallway without his jacket on. He's wearing a t-shirt. He goes, drink fucking tequila. He was like, it's cleaner. It's lower in carbs. It's lower in sugar. It's lower in processes. He said, I could be wrong, but I'm betting money right now. You got wheat belly and you got a problem with barley. Cut liquor out of your life, whiskey out of your life, vodka if it's a potato or corn is fine. Yeah, drink clear. Trust me. He walks back into the room, comes back into the room, looks me straight in the eye, and goes, "You got to quit drinking." And I'm like, "He goes, you got to quit drinking." I'm like, "Like there's know? a like he's wired." Yeah, like, like he's like like he was giving me professional and friendly advice, but as a professor, it was weird. But I was like, "I got you." Right, yeah. so I to that day I went and got an allergy test. I'm highly allergic to barley. I developed it somewhere. I was drinking a handle of Crown Royal on tour a day yeah. and eating cheeseburgers, and found out my body quit fucking with red meat and whatever. Anyway, so yeah, it changed my whole life. Been a tequila guy ever since because of the cardiologist. So my cardiologist said a very similar story. <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing how many similarities we have. So my cardiologist said very first time he said. I went in there. He said, oh, number one, you got to quit drinking. And I said, well, that's, that's not going to happen. And he went, what, what do you mean? I said, Try, just what? tell me other stuff. Like, let's pretend that's a non. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, listen, we all know how this ends. And I was like, no, no, I get it. And he goes, all right, well, I don't know what to tell you. So I get a new, a, not a new cardiologist. I get the nurse practitioner. My, my cardiologist is doing, I think he's doing work with either COVID or with uh, in uh, like small countries, like he goes over and helps. So I get this nurse practitioner. This one, this one's the one that got me. She goes, uh, she goes, we got to, we got to cut back on the alcohol. 
and i was like i was like i know my liver enzymes are fine but she's like you know this only ends one way and i went yeah i know i know i got that she goes no i don't think you really get that so she walked me out she said see i see everyone in this waiting room and it's just i mean when you see old people at a cardiologist they're like yeah barely holding on and she goes everyone in here didn't stop partying that's what you need to know and i looked at that room and it has never been clearer to me and i was like okay i was like i got you and i was like uh so you mean like big chunks of sobriety and she was like no that's not what i mean i mean quit drinking forever and i went okay well sir so then we see her at red rocks she comes to my red rock show and i've got a blunt in one hand a cocktail in the other and she's fucking partying and i'm yeah. like oh come on yeah. and then i and then and by the way she didn't have the mask off she's absolutely gorgeous she's like and i didn't she, i've only seen her with a mask on and i was like oh and i'm like man let me introduce you to my cardiologist she's like i thought you had doctor or i shouldn't say his name but uh but yeah but uh <laughs> but yeah i i look i i go by the numbers and i go by my enzymes are always good my um my blood work's always come in good. Yep. Uh, my blood pressure's up and down. What are you on, the Cinepril? No. I'm Is on... there a pisser close to yeah, here? Right I'm there. fixing to yeah. lose it. Can I yeah, do this Yeah, 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 yeah. Go piss. Go piss. Oh, that's so fucking great. I will say, if we're back taping, that uh, that is the fanciest fucking toilet seat I've ever seen. Yeah. 37 years of being a breathing human. Oh, you got to shit on it. No, I wish. It's so good to shit on. I might try to pinch one out just because it's there. <laughs> Was that a bidet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never use one. Oh, they're fucking Ernest, amazing. my buddy, one of the best songwriters in country music. He was actually number one songwriter on Billboard this week in country music. Sent me one. The dude wipe one. Yeah. But I hadn't hooked it up yet. Oh, it's, uh, they are, uh, it's a game changer. I've been hands-free for fucking five years now. It says dryer on it. Yeah, it's got a dryer on it. Segura is the first American I ever saw with one. Fuck. And he went, Segura is a, a fancy boy. He went through and picked up uh, the, those toilets for every toilet in every bathroom in his house. And I went to his house one time. I went to take a shit. And he was like, oh, make sure you use the toilet. And I was like, I will. Like, what do you think I was going to shit in your sink? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no, no, use the toilet. And I went, I will use your toilet. And what then a I good sat friend, down, though. <laughs> dude, and then I sat down and took a shit. And I went, wait, what was the thing? He goes, use the fucking toilet. And I went oh and man the first time that hit my asshole i my dick got hard i was Ugh. like i was like that's what i wanted and and i i i put them everywhere everywhere in our house they're my favorite things how uh how i don't want to like spoil anything so we don't have to post this but how deep into the special are you uh right, well okay so i know I, the, the movie probably took away from it for a no while, right? not at all uh i so i toured during the pandemic so i had a brand new hour when no one had any new material Oh. so i had a brand new hour and i was like oh cool and then uh and then yeah that's the toilet i got it's called toto that that one yeah good i'll be able to watch this back and fucking buy that puppy and then uh <laughs> and so and so i had a brand new hour but i but i, I wasn't happy while well, i was touring with it in driving movie theaters so it was it was very like very punchy with with not a lot of heart it was a very like fucking dot 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 and it was almost like to just because those were so those were open-aired people in cars uh, two thousand people spread out over you know what fucking you know an eighth of a mile so it was it was like kind of tough when i got it into theaters like the first time i did it i was like oh this thing's like almost like exhausting it's too like you know so i and i wanted to I, and i felt like there wasn't enough in it 
there was missing it was missing a lot of things and so i've added some stories i've shortened some stories i've pulled out some stories i've taken away some stuff i've I still too way punchy too do you mean like let it breathe did it need to breathe? Yeah, look, it was, it's not the comic I am. It, because in those, like, I had, like, this, you know, uh, like, uh, I in those venues, you needed, to, you needed to do this. You needed to, like, throw the can in the air and then pop, 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 pop as right. it landed. And as it landed and it hit the ground, you had to make it dance. Pop, 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 pop. And so ah. you couldn't, whereas a, a, a good story, I think, is more like, cans on the thing and you're like pop pop like nine cans on the thing pop 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 and then it hits in there you go pop 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 you know so like that's the way my brain works about the way i see an hour is uh thing 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 with multiples thing multiples thing like it's got to be almost like boxing and so um and this didn't have it and then i toured it in theaters through it for the last eight months and it got way better and it's and it's and it's 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 set up in a it's in a great spot but it's it it's always missing something in my opinion and fucking leanne fucking leanne is so good she watched me in lawrenceville and the one joke that i have never had an ending to i got an end to leanne is so valuable to me in like in like that kind of stuff because she sees it from like a perspective I don't see it from. Right. Like, like I don't. What do they call that? The ten thousand. Thirty. Yeah, ten thousand feet up. Yeah, whatever. The thirty thousand. Yeah. Because it's so m micro to me. Yeah. That I, I that it's right here and I can't see it when it's Came out here. Back out. Some of the stuff I find funny, it's not like you need someone to point out why you're a moron. That's why I love Tommy. Do you when you finish your special? So let me tell you what I, my philosophy about songwriting is: a song's never finished. I just quit. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yep. Yep. Because because once you record it, the the next fucking day you find the verse you could have never yes like one hundred the next day carrot and cucumber I used to be joking about putting a carrot versus a cucumber up my wife's ass and <laughs> and uh, and I I did it forever did it forever did it forever second I put it on a special the next day I'm like I got a fucking ton, a ton of tags for it I'm like right. motherfucker yeah that's i don't know why it's like that so there and i also have a thing that i used to tell people I, this is my advice to songwriters is polish it to shine don't polish the paint off and songwriters will get into a room and start polishing and that thing will be pearly and that some bitch will keep polishing and next thing you know they'll fuck the paint up they'll scratch the paint off of it you know i've 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 retired a, a story uh i have a story about uh that you know and i don't know you have to hear the story but about uh my dog priscilla that uh i was polishing the paint off of and and i could feel it and i stopped telling it and everyone's always like hey man you're not telling that story and i go yeah i know i think i'll record it for my special but i don't think i need to tell it again right i'll tell it a couple times a week before i shoot my special just to tighten it up but like i don't need to i don't need to polish the paint off. yeah it's pearly it's shining right now I got right it now right where i want it yep and you got to be careful not to polish the paint off. That's why I tell people, if I, as a songwriter, I'd keep, I'd write the song a thousand more times to get it right. Yeah. At some point, I just got to go, that's a good fucking song, man. I'm done. Yeah. I've got to accept that when I fucking put it in mastering, I'm going to listen to it again and go, fuck, I could have said this. How do you feel about songs like, like a song I've always loved that, that I'm curious to know, like as a songwriter, how you feel about that style of song is like Rocky Raccoon by the uh, Beatles. You know, or like, or like Skeeter and the Monkey Man by the Traveling Wilburys. 
where they're, they're like story songs. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about these long story songs about like the fun? greatest example for me would be the most obvious would be American Pie. Yeah. Right. It's a seven minute long story song and it's written extremely abstract. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like all over the place and you're trying to follow it and figure it out. Those are my favorite songs, by well, the way. Well, you're trying to figure it out. The open for interpretation song. Okay. So yeah, James those... Taylor, Fire and Rain was me and my father, God Rest His Soul's favorite song yeah. together. And it was just such an, a, you know, because one, James was famous. He was so shy in his 70s interviews. If you watch James Taylor get interviewed, he just looked like, oh my God, there was a camera. He's like, yeah, I just wrote a song. And they're like, well, was it about? And he's like, I don't know. I just wrote it. Like, he was so yeah. fucking weird and about it. So you never really knew what he was writing about. And he wrote in some Dylan. Dylan, I think, was the greatest writer as far as being an abstract writer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just think about the opening line of, uh, we got to find our way up out of here, said the joker to the thief. Oh, it's such a, it's so great. You know what I mean? Like, what is he going to talk about? What is he talking about? What, you know, it's just like such a draw in. I love Rex. So yeah, those stories. Eleanor Rigby. Uh, Eleanor yeah. Rigby. Is about a man, is about Can, a the, my favorite. My favorite rendition. This is gonna sound so stupid. This will tell you my intelligence level. My favorite uh, version of Eleanor, Eleanor Rigby was in that fucking re- that movie they made about the guy who starts rewriting Beatles songs. What's it called? Tomorrow? No. Uh, it's Definitely the not. um Indian yesterday. Guy, right? Yeah, it's the Indian guy. Indian guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he. That was such a fun fucking movie. Such a good movie, man. Such a good movie. I thought that was a great version too. I love re-recording. No, I just love, I love that I love that it it made me slow down and listen to the lyrics. I don't think I'd ever listened to the lyrics before. Mm. So many songs sometimes do this. You go like you go like, oh, that's a pretty good song, right? And then you hear uh you hear the song one time, you hear it differently, and you go, Whoa, what the fuck is this? Like, like uh f- for Wilco, I'd listen to Wilco and I was like, Oh, they're good. But then one day I was walking from the Econo Lodge to the to the Sacramento uh, Laughs Unlimited, and I was had in my head so, sets. And for whatever reason, the 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 busyness of the music went away, and I listened to the lyrics. And then once you listen to the lyrics once on one song, then that artist becomes something bigger for you. Same with uh, Karma Police by Radiohead. Mm. I was a big Radiohead fan. But I don't think I'd ever really listen to much of their lyrics. Right. Then you hear Karma Police, and it's just, it's such a beautiful song that you're like, oh, wow, I need to go back and listen to other songs of theirs. Yeah. No, I felt the same way about, um, that's always been my thing, too, is that if I can get you to, so my music's very cathartic. I'm glad we're getting to talk about this, too, because my music, I wrote music always from the perspective of, I was Robin Williams and Willie Nelson to writing songs, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a very jovial guy in real life, but yeah. I'm really a very kind of a sad spirit. But Willie's famous for, you know, hippie, headband, trigger the guitar. He plays a nylon. He's always high. That same dude wrote Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Yeah. That same dude wrote My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys, and they still are today. You know, like, he just had this way of just touching you with these sad songs. But as a spirit, you know, like Robin, Life of the Party, funniest dude on earth. There was clearly some dark shit happening yeah, with the guy. Yeah. So it's like, that's my approach to writing. My wife says it's my therapy. It's probably what keeps me from completely losing my shit. So I write very cathartic music. And I know that once I can get you into the lyrics of a Jelly Roll song, if you've been witnessed any pain in your life at all, any of any magnitude, you will connect. And once I get you stuck in that wormhole of the jelly roll music, yeah, 
that's the difference between in my business and your business because way, the way people connect with you and your life and your family and how I feel like I know Leanne and I know Island, I know Georgia and I know these characters around you and these people, I know your spirit, I know all this stuff. It's the same way that goes from, you go from selling 700 tickets, 400 tickets, you know, three shows or whatever to selling out a 10,000 person fucking app. You're doing a shed tour. You are a fucking rock and roll star. Tom Segura is doing an arena. He's an arena. Act. There's, I, am I wrong to say there's more arena acts in comedy right now than there's ever been oh, one Without time. a doubt. Without a doubt. It's like, we're in the era. This, you know, the, oh, the golden era was in the whatever. They were spot wrong. This golden is. era of comedy. The golden era of independent music is right now. Right now, while the streaming services are letting the algorithms be somewhat authentic and let people find their own music, eventually the labels will buy out the streaming services and start blocking out the independents again. Yeah, It's inevitable. But right now, we are in the golden era of a kid being able to hit upload of a song on YouTube and fucking connect with people and go sell 7,000 tickets everywhere in America. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're very accurate on that. I mean, it's... it's uh it's it's i look i remember when i was young going like i'll never i'll never like the david spade adam sandler uh kevin nealon uh like that 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 when they were all doing stand-up uh that mitch Attell, mitch mitch uh hedberg david tell like that that time when i was a young comic when i would have maybe hosted for these guys i remember thinking those guys aren't going anywhere. What what the fuck, man? Where where is comedy gonna go? And then all of a sudden it went when it went independent and it was mm. like, yo, we're not getting opportunities, but we're still here. That's happening again with the whole New York side of comedy right now. All the guys in New York, Schultz and DeStefano, Pappas, fucking Shane Gillis, Mark Norman, Ari, that whole uh, Sal, fucking Joe, DeRosa, all these great, great, great comics are all getting an opportunity that they're they're making their own opportunity they're putting their specials on on youtube oh yeah and and right i guarantee then i guarantee the next thing that happens is all these youtube comics the comics that put out specials on youtube i guarantee you they get bought by netflix i can tell you this i was telling shab last night that i'm taking notes from my comedian friends and how they approach the game and i'm spreading that gospel to my music friends when shoals did the california show he's done a thousand things i thought was genius and i'm blessed to call him a friend when Scholes did the California show and he rented that 6'4 Impala and that <laughs> video clip of him pulling up in this bouncing, hopping yeah. California car at this theater and the robe getting off the private jets and stuff. And I was like, he fucking gets it. It's like when I watch you cut a promo, I've learned so much. <laughs> I sell more tickets than everybody in my genre because I watch the way you and Tommy sold tickets, right? You and Segura sell tickets. And I'm like, Yo, these dudes get it. Like, they, you know what it is? You make people feel in advance like it's the night you're going to give them. Right? When I watch a Burt promo, I'm like, if he's this excited about this Red Rock show, I need to book a fucking plane ticket and get there. Uh, there's a, there, there is a, I'll tell you, man, we, I, I, I've never, we hit a stride on Fully Loaded with, with promos because the amount of tickets we moved in that second week was phenomenal i mean and that's even crazier to have a big second week well we we'd sold out the first week and the second week was not primarily comedy markets it was like you know mississippi isn't a big comedy oh the community. second week of the show i thought you meant second, second week. week of the on sale no, no 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 yeah. second week of the shows so like mississippi bristol and and uh and greenville 
aren't primarily. And you took a very diverse lineup. Like you didn't go down there. You didn't go to the deep south with Ron White and Foxworth. No, no, I took, I took, uh, no, I took, I, I just took the comics that I like to be around the most. Yeah. I mean, it, selfishly, I, they have. It's a very, it's a very, it's like, look, I'm not saying I'm a great comic, but but I'll, I'll just for the sake of arguments, great chefs hang out with great chefs. Right. They also like they don't hang out with shitty chefs because they don't respect what they do, and the hardest i've ever laughed in my life was not just one night every single night we were there every single day we were there every single like we had a night on the tour bus where i i don't often get to the place where i can't breathe laughing and we were laughing so hard at shane gillis watching apocalypto and shane gillis and mark norman had me had our whole bus crying crying laughing big j Ogerson one night we have a night of all fucking in the in the party bus we pull up we, we're done we're going to bed we're going to bed and fucking jay grabs me goes hey man can i talk to you about jurassic park this is right before we're going to bed this is outside the bus and i go sure and he does just a it was like like a high thought and it it i i had never laughed so hard in my life we're crying laughing and he's you know jay does like a he'll laugh with himself every single night was something that made us and every single day just going in and sitting in oh we it was like the greatest and, and but but we got into a real stride with promos where i think every one of our promos got over a million views and it, and then it just started and they you know started really building up steam and by the time we had gotten to to uh the brandon amphitheater I, mean, I don't think i don't think we had had been slated to sell that place out and we were up against a sellout if if weather hadn't changed i think it would have been clean oh and dude, no you would have sold and so and so but but those i'm really glad to have two months off where i don't have to think of promos but my brain's so fucked i got up this morning and started writing uh my you know my columns of like things i need to focus on and and then started working on it and then leanne came out and then i started writing jokes and and then I worked out, and I'm like, and then we rescued a baby bird, and it's like, like it's been a fucking morning. Fucking I can't wait. Yeah, your favorite yeah. Country rapper, dude. I'm telling you, man. I'm so happy to see you see your success. Thank you. I'm man. really happy to see your success because, like it, like like I said, you're a guy I've known for so long because you've just been in the community. Yeah. It's a community of just cool people. Right. That to see you pop like this when 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 Shab hit me up and he was like, hey man. Uh, do you know who Jelly Roll is? I, the first thing I wrote was, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, yes. Awesome. And he's like, "Hey, wants, can he do your podcast?" I was like, "Are you fucking kidding yeah. me?" Can I? Yeah, I would love that. I would fucking love that. And and I'm telling you, next one we do, booze, yes, weed, sir. songs. No, for sure, songs booze, weed, especially. Songs. That'll be the best part. Booze, weed, songs. I love that combo. Let me know. I want to come down to Austin. I want to come down to Austin. Yeah, we'll do. We'll, so we're, we're Tom and I are our schedules are kind of fucked. So I think we're gonna do. A few more guest bears this year than the than normal. So if it works with you and Tom, I'll set up you and Tom. Yep. And if it works with me and Tom, me and you, they'll set up me and you. Either but or. whatever the scenario is, we may do one where Tom and I come in, and then I may stay an extra day when Tom leaves and do some the next day. Okay. But uh, just let me know because I'm I'm willing to hang. We'll travel. I just yeah. love you. I love what y'all do. I've learned so much. That Bridgestone show is December 9th. If you're not booked, 
We'd love to I'm have Ontario, you there. I'm in Ontario, Canada. Oh, sad. Because we are going to do a, uh, I think I got a, uh, Uncle 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 Joey coming out. I think that my, it's the arena show. It's almost sold out. Uh, full-blown arena, first arena headline in my hometown. And I'm giving 100% of the Bridgestone. money. Bridgestone. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize what you were saying. Bridgestone. The Bridgestone Arena, yes, sir. I didn't understand what you were saying until you said it again. <laughs> yeah. Bridgestone. The Bridgestone Arena. That's fucking huge, It's dude. big. Red Rocks, October 23rd, almost sold out while I'm pitching my tickets. Um, And we're going to give 100% of the money away to the juvenile that I was in to build a program for music over there. 100% of the merch and the ticket sales, which you understand more than I know anybody. What, I know what that money's going to be. Yeah, and I'm gonna <laughs> and I'm going to match it. Jesus Christ. And the day of the show, we are going to go, and uh, I'm going to try to take a couple of comedian friends and music friends to the juvenile. We're going to talk, tell jokes, sing songs. Oh, wow. Then Who we're going to go to the local prison. Coco said he'd come. Uncle Joey said he'd come. I'm going to double back with him and make sure, because we yeah. were just chatting one day, but he's like, you you ever need me, I'm there. I was like, this is the day. He's like, I'm there. Yeah. And I, he's a, you know, but I'm going to hit him back and double down, like, yo, because I'm going to take <laughs> care of everybody's flights and yeah. shit. But uh, I know uh, Porter said he's going to come out for sure. I think Porter cleared the date for me. Uh, Wolf always comes. Josh Wilson, yeah, a great guy. Great. He always comes out. Burn, you know, Burn lives in Nashville. Steve. I do. I do. Uh, Theo cleared the date. Theo said he's coming. I think Shab's going to come. So oh, just trying to put together awesome, something man. really cool with the homies. I want to just kind of mix what I do. What you did, I find stuff that I'm passionate about, put myself in the middle of it, and then try to work it all together. And I think what would be better than me going and singing songs for kids at a juvenile? Theo telling just a couple of quick jokes, making these fucking kids laugh. And showing these kids that people that there's cool people that are successful because they don't see that in there, right? You and know? they don't see, and sometimes they don't see that that can be them. Yes, exactly. And, and I mean, to, you know, one of my favorite human beings in the world is a felon, Joey Diaz. Like, yeah, love, exactly. Love him to death. My daughters found out this weekend that he had kidnapped someone, put him in their trunk, <laughs> and, and and they were like, Uncle, because they saw Joey. At, they all came, all the girls yeah. came to Lawrenceville, and Joey was in Lawrenceville, and we were just bullshitting, and he said, Yeah. I'm, Something about voting or something. He goes, yeah, I can't vote, dog. I'm a fucking felon. <laughs> Georgia goes, felon. Thanks. He's like, he's like, yeah, I got kidnapped some guy. You know, Georgia. One day you're just going to get cocaine. Next, you know, you got a gun in some guy's rib cage. Put him in a trunk. Shit yeah. happens. <laughs> I love it. Thank Dude, you, bro. Thank you for doing this, brother. Anytime, baby. Fucking congrats. <laughs>